yub nub. Each up, yub nub. A toe meat, toe pitchy keen. Noob dog fling, oh, oh, ah. Yawa. And here we go. Gentlemen, we are tonight's entertainment. I told you already, I'm gonna kill you. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow. That's not how the force works. Very small man can cast a very large shadow. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. Impressive. Most impressive. You're on the Sith list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 54 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Dolachahi, and my two co-pilots for this flashback episode, we're going to call it, because everything's flashback these days. Yes, it okay. is. Carlos. Buarguayo. And the man we call... Crunch... You fuck it up. <laughs> Crunchless. You fuck that up. Crunch every Crunch week. is more. I think I think people think you do it on purpose now. But no, people, man. But let me tell it? you, people, he is not doing it on purpose. He you, fucks it up every week. You literally pointed no. at me right now, like yeah. I knew what the fuck we were gonna do, and yeah. you're supposed to say, "Oh, we, it's all." all right. We do it every week. Yeah. Les Gonzalez, Crunch right, Crunch, whatever. the champ. Les Gonzalez, right champ. That's right. <laughs> and tonight we have a fantastic special show for you. Mm-hmm. We have, man. I don't even know where to begin. He is a hilarious, wonderful stand-up comedian. He developed the critically acclaimed I Love Green Guy letters. Also developed the hysterically funny metachlorianecount.com. If you haven't checked that out, please check it out. I was on it all week. And he is the man that started the catchphrase, Your Snoke Theory Sucks. It's become an international catchphrase. Yes, it has. The host of the Steel Wars podcast on MSW Network. The hardest working podcaster in the business. The one and only Steel Saunders. Wow. Thanks, you guys. Thanks for having us on the Sith list. I'm like, I'm filled with trepidation. I, I've listened, but I, I listened <laughs> cautiously because your biggest promotional partner in getting the word out about your podcast is Johnny Grasso. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could work a in man, a good way and a bad way for us. Yeah. Yeah. A man that could not believe that I found White Castle to be repulsive. So when when he's coming at me with, bro, you got to listen to this Sith list. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we love Johnny. He is a huge, huge supporter yes, of us. He is. And we love him. <laughs> and I did see your tweet about White Castle, and I 100% agree with you, by the way. Be, okay, here's a question for you. In and out um, uh, burgers. You've been there? I've been there more times than I should have been, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no such thing. How does White Castle hold up to In and Out? Okay. How does it hold up to In and Out? Okay. It's like getting going into the 99 cent store 
and seeing like Star Warriors action figures <laughs> and going, here's all the new toys from The Last Jedi, guys. Oh. Have, enjoy. Oh. Have fun. Gotcha. All of our East Coast it's, listeners it's, are going to be pissed. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know if you grew up with it or what, or you, you've just. I, this is the only reason why I can imagine people love it, right? Because to me, it was like takeaway food that you have on Friday night in prison. <laughs> oh, the special. That's yeah. awesome. It's the ham sandwich. It's the ham the sandwich special, they throw at the prisoners. Yeah. yeah, not even, you can't even say ham sandwich. It's just meat. Like, it's just meat. What, what, what is this gray substance? It's like all this juice is coming off. But I can only, I, I think it's pop, like how popular it is, is a credit to the East Coast of America's weed dealers. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I, I think we just have to salute them that they're, they're just dealing out stuff that's so good that makes this gray meat thing appealing. It is disgusting. It, it was amazing. The one good thing I liked about the whole establishment was because they just do not give a fuck, right? The people that work there. Yeah. Like, right. There's shit everywhere. And I'm sort of like, <laughs> A bit OCD and I've run like a lot of different like retail stores in my time and all the stickers on the windows had big bubbles in them and they were crooked. And so I was just like, you you guys have no pride. But the one good thing about their we don't give a fuck attitude was they had this like stereo in the kitchen, which the kitchen is pretty much at the counter. And it was just blasting explicit lyric hip hop. The entire time, like gangster yep. rap, like oh. DMX and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just like, it was like, um, 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 like, all these hoes, ain't somebody here gonna fuck? And it's like, you're in a family restaurant, like, this is too That's, real for me. They got like two live crew blasting in the background. Oh, yeah, man, yeah, awesome. yeah. That's fantastic. That's so cool. Yeah, well, I'm there right with you. I, I don't know what the big hype. Have you had Have you had White Castle S? Not the real, but I guess it doesn't matter if you microwave them or if you get them from White Castle. Right? Oh, yes, right. You've, You've had, had like the, the process. That's what they do at White Castle, yeah. yeah. Apparently, it's oh, the same thing. Oh, yeah, right? you can buy it in the supermarket. Yes. yes. I, I was So I got back from Ohio, and I was I was like shaken because this is the deal. The We're staying at an Airbnb. We're at this wedding in Ohio, and my friend, Bart, he he's looking at like the his his like his smartphone, and he goes, "Hey, there's a White Castle on the next street from here. It's like four minute walk." And I'm like, "Yep, let's go, <laughs> right?" Because because Hollywood, this Harold and Kumar had recorded this 90 minute infotainment commercial. That That's I paid right. to go see at the cinema. Right. Genius. Like the promoted White Castle. So I was just like, yep, these dudes, they traveled like, they went all night. They had like the craziest adventure of their life <laughs> just to get burgers. All I have to do is walk three minutes. Fuck yeah, I'm down. <laughs> right. Hi, I'm Peter. You know me from the movie Harold Kumar and Peter go to White Castle. As you can see, I'm enjoying a White Castle burger. Why? Because I don't do drugs. Took me five minutes to get to White Castle. I, uh, Harold and Kumar, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys for doing that. That's, That's why you're going to throw in Guatemala in the next movie. Or the That's next- right. 
And, and they probably served. The they probably served in White Castle in Guantanamo. No, Sheesh, yeah. There's no way they would treat the prisoners in there that bad. <laughs> um, Waterboarding yeah, so or White back, Castle? Yeah, yeah. I'm back in LA. I feel like I'm like safe. Like you know, at the end of the horror film, like you've killed Freddy Krueger, mm-hmm. and then at the end, there's like, then a hand comes out of the dirt or some shit like that. I'm in the supermarket, just living my life. I've, I've gotten through this tragic ordeal, and it's in the fridge. It's chasing you. It's chasing Fate you. Fade the black credits. Oh my god, there's going to have to be a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you ate last summer. Is what it's gonna be oh man, and it's no. still in your stomach, dude. That's the problem. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Oh. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. is going to pop out. Oh, to no, man. That's Holy just not shit. cool. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm glad you picked in and out. We're going to play a little game later at the end called the Flash Round with Steel Saunders. And I'm going to give you some questions. You're going to pick this or that, or I'm going to give whatever is at the top of your head. Something in this White Castle realm might be one of the, one of the questions. So we're going to have some Ooh. fun. Yeah. So there, there's, there's some sizzle for everyone. There's some sizzle. Uh, That's right. Steve Faraj can make me cry at the end. Yeah, of the right. Flash round. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, the first time we met you, we didn't get to hang out too much, but we hung around mm-hmm. like we all have the same podcasting friends. It was Star Wars Celebration. Or me and Boo, me and Carlos got to hang out and wait in line and drink some alcohol and do that <laughs> whole thing. So we had a we had an absolute blast. And the cool thing, the greatest thing that I took away from hanging out was to seeing how hard this guy works constantly. constantly. Working, yeah. So yeah, as a as a podcast that's only been around for a year now. We mm-hmm. just did our year uh, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, to see someone bust their ass so hard to do what they love to do was awesome, man. Mm-hmm. So I want to give you props for that. That's for sure. Oh, thanks. That's so weird that I don't know. Yeah, that's that's it's I, it feels strange that my, my work ethic is getting judged in an overnight line. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because when uh, Ryan Johnson came out, Jesus Christ, you would have won a fucking gold medal for hurdles. You grabbed your shit and hurtled over the, the little chain that mm-hmm. we're, we're across and jumped over and went to him. And you're like, I'm getting him to fucking <laughs> put the shirt on or fucking hold the sticker up. Yeah. And next thing you know, literally 15 minutes later, you're showing us pictures mm-hmm. of it. So I was like, Jesus Christ, how did he fucking do that? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, I kind of do wish I had video of the leaps I made to get to him. It was, it was sort of like, cause in the end, I didn't really need to do it because he was there for like three hours. And I yeah. Ended up going, <laughs> yeah. Like I ended up talking to him later on for about 10 minutes. Oh, that's but great. yeah, I was, no, because when I do the t-shirts, quite often I think of like, what would be the funniest use of this t-shirt? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Sure. So, like when I had the Your Snoke Theory Sucks one and I went to Celebration London, like to me, this was the height of what I thought would be the funniest thing to do, would just to have Pablo hold the sticker and get a photo. Sure. I thought that was like, that's going to be pretty banging because I'd never met him and stuff. But, um, and I saw him like in a, in a bar like super late one night and went up and said, Oh, hey, I'm Steel for Australia. And he's like, Oh, hey, hey, you know, he was, he was sort of like, you know, was like super nice. I said, Oh, hey, I did these stickers. He goes, Oh, you heard about that. And I said, Oh, can I just get a photo? Cause you know, I didn't know sort of what interaction someone that worked at Lucasfilm would want to have with this sticker. And do you know what I mean? This dumb thing. So I said, Oh, is it cool if I get a, I've got a bunch for you, but can I get a photo with you holding one up? 
um, that I can post out. And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was just like, all right, nailed. Like <laughs> I've, I've hit that. That's, that's, I've, yeah. I've achieved all these stickers, <laughs> right. dreams. And then it went on to, do you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, it ended up with, uh, Andy Circus, you know, tweeted it out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I saw I've that. got a video of him laughing about mm-hmm. how funny he thinks of this stuff. So, so yeah. So then when I came up with the one that was, um, I'm with Snoke, which is sort of like a riff of the classic I'm with stupid sticker, but it's <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, Luke, yeah. Luke, Sky- Luke Skywalker's robot hand. And I just thought how funny it would be to have someone with the Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirt on and then pointing towards them is someone wearing <laughs> I'm with Snoke. And I'm like, well, who would be the funniest person to have that with? And I was like, oh, Ryan Johnson would be pretty sick. And I knew he was sort of in on the joke because he tweeted out a picture of a few of my stickers and stuff. Okay. And, yeah, so then when he was there, I was like, well, this is it. This is the time. So, um, yeah, but I think – I think. Yeah, I, my, my favorite one though is, is the Kathleen Kennedy one. I, I just love that so much. It's, yeah, that's a great one. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sort of like, got like, hug, like, not hugging her, but I got my arm around her and we just done this interview and I've got the I'm with Snoke t-shirt on. And I also am wearing one of my best shit eating grins of all time. I'm <laughs> so happy with myself. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love doing the podcast and stuff so much. So it's sort of like it does like it's work, but it's not work. Or sure, something. sure. But John, you know I mean, it's still sort of like, like this morning I have to wake up and, you know, do an hour of, you know, doing show notes and posting up a new thing, posting another free episode, posting a Patreon episode and stuff. And it's, yeah, so it's work, but it's so enjoyable and I love it. So it's, it's, I just have to make it. Get a bit bigger, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I no, I totally understand. And I don't know how you put out so much shit. Like we, mm-hmm. we have one podcast, we edit here, it takes me forever to edit, we put it out, we tweet, and like I feel like my week is done. But well, you're putting stuff out every Constantly, seems like every yeah. day. It's unbelievable. It's crazy. So uh yeah, again, props to you. It's um, Jeez, man. Yeah. That's the last jerking off session I'm gonna do for the rest of the night with you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I, I no strokes. No I thought that's strokes. what the flash round was all about. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, quick, quick answers on the flash yeah. round. That's right. That's okay. Right. Uh, but I should, I should point out before the show, yeah. Arash was like, Oh, we're going to crack open a beer. Yes. Do you want to you know, go get a beer? And I'm like, Oh man, I don't think I've got any beers in the house. If I had a known, it was a beer cast that we've got some on the way home. <laughs> so I went to the fridge and all we had left, I, I've got a lovely, glass of pink rosé from 2016 it's a great year for rosé and uh that's sitting next to me so this this might be the daintiest drink that's ever been consumed <laughs> on the sith list well, there you great. go we, we like to class things up Steve. yeah exactly yeah, right. yeah. We're, we're, we're drinking up. we're drinking some rolling rock yeah, right now pinky up. rolling rock yeah so every, trust me, well, I'm going to take a sip now and I'm holding the little goblet and my pinky finger is sticking like it is erect outside. An erect pinky erect finger pinky. is never a bad thing. <laughs> never mm-hmm. a bad thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's, 
Let's go over some shenanigans real quick so people can know where they find us. I have an Instagram, The Sith List, Facebook at The Sith List Podcast. You can email us at thesithlist at gmail.com. We have a Sith List hotline, 707-65-GEEK1. That's 707-654-3351. And we have some merch on TeePublic. And uh, you can find us, just go on tpublic.com and look up The Sith List. And you can get stickers and all kinds of stuff um, and all that great stuff. And you can find us at, at The Sith List on Twitter, boo. At The Sith List, boo. Less. At Less Is More 78. And The Great Steel Saunders. Where can they find you on on Twitter? Uh, Steel Wars, which is S-T-W-A-L-E. There's a, there's a hidden little E in there. What <laughs> You should have a sticker that's like, Johnny Grasso is my hype man. Something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> that's a good idea. See, I got to leave it to you still. You got to give us some ideas. Yeah. That's right. That would, that would sell. That would definitely yeah. sell. Let's get into box office, which was a really, really weak box office this week. Mm-hmm. According to the great mojo, boxoffice.com, uh, The Hitman's Bodyguard, the the big film, made $21.6 million. That was number one. Damn. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson. Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson. They were number one. And number two was Annabelle 2. And number three is a movie that I actually want to see is uh, Logan Lucky. Huh, and that's make $8 million. Eight? What's that even about? Yeah, that's a Steven Soderbergh film, and it's very much a heist film. Like he he's even calling it a a, oh, a hickey version of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, it's wrapped around this NASCAR race, uh, race, yeah. and there's like oh, a Adam Driver. Yes. Yeah, Adam, Adam Driver, uh, Channing Tatum, Channing Tatum, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah, Daniel it's Craig. A pretty good cast. Yeah, great cast. Yeah, that yeah that that I've seen the trailer. That looks good. That looks good. And we have uh, the, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes actually has a ninety four percent on it. Oh, it went up because last time it I heard went it was up. 93. Yeah, oh, yeah, it went up. went up 1% by the time we started this podcast. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. It was probably 93 and I fucked yeah. up. So, can, can I ask you guys? Sure. What, what is, um, what's your vibe on Samuel L. Jackson? Oh, okay. So here, like, let me get, I get ready. Him. Get okay. ready, dude. I, okay, I get... loved, you know, he was so cool. Oh, and yeah. I love I loved Mace Windu and I, I, like Pulp <laughs> Fiction is like just one of the great films of all time. Mm-hmm, and right. when it first came out, I, I actually saw it seven days in a row. Oh, like on its first, cool. cause I was just like, Oh my God. And it sort of became a bit of a, you know, like a group event down. I lived in this little town and each night, like more people would come to be like, you have to see this film. It's insane. But I'm not sure if it's just cause in Australia, he does a lot of, he does like gambling commercials and stuff. Oh shit. Like okay. for sports gambling. And I, I, I kind of find that. I, I don't mind if people, like, if you want to gamble, that's fine. But I find gambling advertising a, a little bit, um, like, like crass a icky. little bit. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and, it, and it's just like, it's like, dude, you're in 18 movies a year. Do you need this gambling? Like, you, like, you have to know when you're doing that, you're kind of fucking people. Yes. Like, you're getting paid so much to do the ad because someone's getting fucked. And. Yes. And to use your celebrity for that, I just like, eh, yeah. oh man. So I'm, I'm sort of like a little bit over Samuel L. Jackson. And I okay. wonder whether, and, and of course he's like, it does seem like he's, he is in so many films of not that high quality a fair bit. Right. So where, where do you guys stand on, oh. uh, uh <laughs> okay, I'll go first <laughs> because I had a whole tirade about Samuel L. Jackson when oh, Khan yeah. came out. I really liked and liked it is the term, yeah. Samuel Jackson. And I still think he's a great actor when Tarantino directs him. But that movie Kong was the biggest, in my opinion, was the biggest piece of shit that I've seen in the last like five, six years. Acting wise. Acting wise. Yeah. And he was the main reason. He, he was 
awful in it. And I don't get why he can't be good in films unless Tarantino is in the, is directing him. Other than Mace Windu. Mace Windu was cool. I loved Mace Windu. He was a badass. But it seems like lately, um, what's in your wallet? Definitely not acting classes because oh. his shit is going down. And I am over him being in every other movie that comes out in the theater. I'm just done with it. So I'm going to throw this one to Les. Go ahead, Les. Man, Raj and I go at it over this because I think Samuel L. is just fine. I have no problem with him. Uh, there's got to be some. He's doing something right to be able to be in everything. But you know what? Still, I, I agree with you on the gambling thing. I don't I don't know if he should be using his celebrity. We don't we don't get those commercials here. So um, for him to be doing that kind of work and I don't know, man, someone's getting screwed because gambling takes definitely takes money from somebody. When when a commercial has a PSA right afterwards saying if you have a gaming problem, yeah, call one eight hundred problem. Yeah, that's yeah, really like definitely that. a problem. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. yeah, but I will say this: there is one role of Samuel L. Jackson's that I did not like, and that was in Django. My mother and I watched that, and she got really upset about that because so of the. Uh, she just didn't like. Yeah, he was what, his portrayal. Yeah, his portrayal and, and the character the that Tom he thing, was. Yeah. yeah. Well, did did she not like it because of the character or him portraying that him character? and the character? Okay. And uh-huh. she didn't like how he looked. She didn't like anything about it. Anything, and I I agreed with her. I was okay. like, you know what? This yeah, I, I don't know about Samuel doing that, but I can take it. He's all good. He's like I said, he's doing something right if he's in every other movie. Oh yeah, he's that guy has got work. In that guy just, is working. Like mm-hmm. it's it's crazy how much work he does. <sighs> Go ahead, Bo. Yeah, no, I, I would have to agree. I I do like him. You know, the gambling thing is awful. It's like uh, having a commercial for cigarettes. That's really bad. With him, every time I see him in a movie, I take him with a grain of salt. I'm like, all right, Samuel Jackson's in the movie. Great. I don't put very high hopes on him. If he's good, great. If he's not, doesn't really bug me that much. I didn't think he was that bad in Kong. He sucked. I just thought, you know, the overall acting in Kong from everybody was Awful. not not atrocious, but it wasn't very good. But yeah, with Samuel Jackson, he doesn't he doesn't make or break a movie for me. If he's in it, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I, I I can deal with that. But it's not a it's not a uh, final nail. It's not a coffee. deal breaker for you. No, absolutely not. Okay. And speaking of uh, Pulp Fiction, still uh, we're in we're in like a little movie room at my house where I have a shrine to Quentin Tarantino. So I'm looking at a Pulp Fiction poster right here. So I'm a huge Pulp Fiction fan as well. Yeah, that film is just, it, oh, it's marvelous. And it's so good to not watch for a long time. Yes. And then watch it again. I went to the new Beverly, which is owned by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's his old sort of movie house and, and watched it there for the 20th anniversary. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. Was it? Was it the 20th? Yeah. 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 And, oh, it, it was the best. And they had, they did this cool little thing where they, like, went how cinemas used to work. You'd have a little, um, I don't even know what they call it, but they'd have a little, like, cartoon or something before the movie, a little bit of pre-entertainment. Now, okay, gotcha. they, they just want to show you a bunch of ads for other movies, show you the movie, and get you out. So then <laughs> they can show more movies. It's a more profitable way to run a cinema. But um, so they showed this little cartoon beforehand, and I sort of didn't pay it much attention. But... When Bruce Willis's girlfriend is watching TV in that hotel, mm-hmm. it it was that cartoon. Oh, oh that's that cool. is super cool. And so when that scene came on and she's watching it, you could sort of hear people in the cinema, me included, going, 
Oh, <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, that, that's a cool kind of details mm-hmm. that I love that he does. Yeah. And uh, what do you think about? And I, I have this debate with some people. My favorite Tarantino film and one of my favorite movies of all time is Kill Bill One. What do you think about Kill Bill, the first one? Uh, I haven't oh. seen it since it first came out. Okay. But it ju- it didn't hit me. Like I just like I just wanted Pulp Fiction again. Like I wanted that style of film and it was so i think i was too tied to quentin tarantino delivering me another pulp fiction but he's doing something else do you know what i mean so i oh yeah i think i wanted him more pigeonholed so i think my love of pulp fiction kind of turned me off kill bill because i sort of it was one of the ones i just saw once i'm a fairly repetitive much to my wife's um dismay (laughs) I, i just like watching things yeah, this was I like I love this film. Let's watch this one again. It's great. She wants right. some new things. Yeah, I like, I like really. Yeah, that's how that's how my, I am too. My wife's the same way. <laughs> but I, I should say for Star Wars fans, you can track down this fan edit called Pulp Empire. Uh, one of my friends from Melbourne did this edit, and it's Empire Strikes Back re-edited Tarantino style. Oh my god. So it's non, it uses like all his like title screens and stuff like that. And it's, it's all edit, it's re-edited to like, like really cool music. And it's done non-linear, like wow. pop fiction. That's, that sounds and fucking amazing. The, the Yoda training, uh, montage is to ground control to Major Tom. And that's it's cool. It's amazing. So it's called Pulp Empire. And I think maybe you can find it on Pirate Bay, but there's this site called, I think it's fanedit.com or something. But if you just Google fan edit, you know, that's, it's like the hub of, of where people post all their edits of all these different sure. things like that. But yeah, Pulp Empire is, it, it's, you know, in it, it, it's, I, I love ones like that where you've seen the film so many times, you love watching it and someone presents you a new way to watch it that it's quite exciting. So yeah, yeah check that out. That's if you're right. a, yeah, absolutely. If you're, an, if you're an empire strikes back pulp fiction fan, which you should be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Every, every human being should be both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. But by the way, we talked about Tarantino. What is your, what's your geekdom? Like we had Amanda Ward on last week and I asked her cause I was interested in to find out all the different things she likes other than star Wars. Obviously we know you love star Wars, but what else tickles your fancy? Oh, I've never, mm-hmm. I've never used tickles your fancy. Your fancy. That was the first time. <laughs> Classing it up, I'd, guys. Yeah, Araj, I would love you to tickle my fancy. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Maybe, maybe during the flash round. Yeah. <laughs> um, I. What other stuff do I really like? I, I've actually just started watching Rick and Morty. We just talked about that last week. Yeah, last love Rick and Morty. yeah, Rick and Morty. We're, is we're awesome. really going to start investing some time in Rick and Morty. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, the I'd, I'd heard a lot. Like since it came back, you know, it, it just had its season premiere, and I just live just off Sunset Boulevard, so I'm subject to all these giant billboards, and yeah. and and, the, and there's a big billboard of Rick's head, and his hair sort of went off the billboard, which yeah. I always enjoy. I like it when they. The, the billboard manufacturer, you know, you know, goes beyond just the rectangle. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I enjoy 3D ones, like where the thing's coming out or anything like that. So right. that got me. But then I was just, I saw a lot of talk about it online 
people that are excited about it coming back. And then Jackie started watching it and I caught an episode and it's, oh, it's brilliant. It's like a cartoon written by really smart people trying to write the dumbest thing they can. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. And it's, um, it's epic. But I sort of all that 80s stuff I, I'm super into, but without sort of like I'm so into Star Wars, I have to like, um, to borrow a show title, curb my enthusiasm about other stuff. Because I just don't, I can't dedicate that time to doing it. Sure. But I, when I was growing up, and and, and I still sort of, you know, you know, casually follow this stuff. I, I love, I loved Mask, that cartoon where the yeah. um, all the cars and the ships turned into better cars and ships. That was that was pretty sick. Yeah. If they ever made a, a cartoon of that, I'd be very excited. Masters of the Universe is something that I think if they made a feature film of that. I could get into it in a big way if it was made um, in a and not a Michael Bay way. That's like, yeah, I can't, no, right, exactly. I can't think of the way I want it made, but not the Michael Bay way. That, yeah. that would that would be. Fantastic. And you know, still, there is a He Man movie that is coming out next year, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? What? Next year or year yeah. after? He, year after next year? Yeah, they're in the works. Yeah, they they greenlit it. They greenlit a He Man feature film. Yeah, Sony's going to be producing Ooh. it. Who who is Sony? Mm, I yeah, I didn't exactly. realize it was locked in. Now that I know they're going to make it, it's now the like the countdown has begun for them fucking it up. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's true. very very true. Because very true. yeah, I I don't want it to be like too reimagined or like just make the film of the cartoon that we loved and make it sick. Yes, exactly. Who, yeah. who are they going to cast for He-Man? Though? That's I keep going back to this. Who who the fuck? They don't have Dolph Lundgren anymore. Who are they going to have? Who are they? Yeah, gonna what? Cast gee, that's gonna that's gonna hamper them. Um, who would they cast for He-Man? Yeah, I'm, 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 all I can, all I'm doing is thinking of WWE wrestlers. Yeah, oh, we go. we're, we're going to get into that in a second. We're going to uh, get into that. In a second. Um, I'm just running through the, the, the roster of WWE wrestlers. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> um, uh, what other stuff? Like, like, it's not really geek, but I, like Seinfeld, like diehard Seinfeld fan. I Great. loved Battlestar Galactica was epic. The, like one, the, on sci- one. the one on, the new ones. Okay. The one on sci-fi. Oh my God. That was just, mm-hmm. if, if, if you haven't watched that, and and you want to watch just a a gritty realistic like space story? You are in like I, I'm jealous of you that you get to watch it for the first time because it is it is so well paced out and and so many great sort of like twists and reveals and and yeah. just that that sort of reality of of what life in space would be like. Uh, I loved Lost. Oh, that so was, did I. That's that, that's in my that, top. This is like my top three shows ever. Yeah, I, and I, I sort of think like I worry about Star Wars because of Lost, because like I just think JJ just went. Here's all some clues. What are they clues to? I don't know. Uh, you guys clues. <laughs> you guys figure it out. <laughs> you guys clean it up. <laughs> you guys work it out. And. Right. Um, 
I, uh, I, I, I've got an episode coming out on Tuesday with, um, with Anthony Bresnikan. We went through all his articles. Oh, wow. Um, EW and sort of went, sort of, I, I like getting like with Anthony, like the story behind the story, sort of, yeah. you know, was what was Ryan like? You know, what was, what else, you know, that sort of stuff. That's great. And, and we were sort of talking about JJ and how, like what it was like the difference between doing these interviews with Ryan compared to JJ and, and their different attitudes and which one was sort of more sort of res- sort of careful about what they said, all that sort of stuff. And I was sort of saying, like, do you think he just threw all that stuff out there and he doesn't know the answers? <laughs> and and Bresnikan's, yeah, 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 it's, it sounds... That it sounds about right. <laughs> thing, which is... I don't know, kind of disappointing, I think, because you sort of want, like, I, I want, like, everything in that force back. Like, I want him now, like, I'd like, I want it so J.J. Abrams, if I said to him now, hey, man, what does each of these things mean? For him to go, okay, well, that guy getting stabbed, that was then. Ray getting like dragged off. That was like in the ship flying off. Yeah. That was so and so. Like I, I, I sort of, I don't like the like. I oh, here's some clues to nothing. Like, right. I, right. like coming up with it later on. And and I think like we're in our fandom is so into analyzing all these clues and and looks Han Solo gave Ray and <laughs> Ray answering you know finishing sentences when. I think like the sad reality of it is, is that it's a movie where who people's backstory shifted as the production went along and rewrites were done. And there's some clues to things that are no longer going to happen. And, and, and it sort of takes a bit of the fun out of it because it's fun to go, okay, well, Ray is, you know, can it be Luke's daughter? Well, it can't because of this, that, and the other, or it can't be Han's daughter because of this, that, and the other. But when the clues don't mean anything, really, like there's clues in there that aren't, that shouldn't really be in there, then it's sort of, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm interested once the three movies are out, like how it all does click together. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And, and to have JJ leave some clues, cause we trust JJ, obviously, leave some clues and then have other people that we really don't know, mm-hmm. you know, to try to, to answer those them, questions. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 But we'll see. Well, we hope we're going to get into some Star Wars uh, later on in the, uh, cause we heard that you know a little bit about Star Wars. Yeah. That's, just, that's a little little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But, um, story. I'm trying to think what other geeky things that I follow. I, I I'm, I'm vaguely, interested in wrestling okay. but i'm i'm way more interested in the journalism of professional wrestling wow okay that's like interesting I'm, like i'm obsessed with it okay now are you talking are you talking old school wrestling wwf or are you still into wwe were you a fan of wwf oh yeah like like during like what they call the attitude era with like hot, um the rock and stone cold and right. stuff like, oh, yeah every week <laughs> And, and these days, it's you know, it's it's up and down. It's it, you know, it, it's sort of like the management is a little bit too um, self-serving, sort of thing. They don't do what's best for making money. It's sort of for their own egos, sort of thing. But yeah. the journalism of it, the coverage of the industry, 
is very influential to how I try to cover Star Wars. So I, I listen to, must be like 12 hours a week, maybe more, of wrestling podcasts that I pay for, like they're like VIP ones sort of thing. Wow, okay. There's, there's two websites, there's um, Pro Wrestling Torch and Wrestling Observer, and they've both been going for, well, not as websites, but as entities as um, for like, you know, 20, 25 years. They used to be like newsletters that you get mm-hmm. posted out to. And then now they've evolved into like podcasts. And I really like the style of how they cover the wrestling industry. And it's a fascinating, you know, the thing about the wrestling industry is it's kind of more interesting than wrestling, the actual show. So, yeah, I, I, so I'd say that's like on a weekly basis, apart from Star Wars, that's what takes up the majority of my sort of fan time is, is listening to that stuff and yeah, I, I really learn a lot from how they cover uh, wrestling, and I, I I humbly try to duplicate that in Star Wars. That is very cool. That's cool that you, you went outside of another industry, mm-hmm. picked up something. Did. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really cool. And you you were a fan of the old WWF, or was that before your time? Yeah, no, I used to. Um, I remember they like WrestleMania, the first one mm-hmm. was. I, I was like very young in primary school, and they showed it. Late one Monday night and like everyone tried to stay up, like, you know, sneak back into the lounge room to watch it sort of thing. And my friend had a video player and he taped it. Available in a video retailer in your area, WrestleMania, the World Wrestling Federation home video series presents a two-hour cassette of the greatest professional wrestling event of all time. Every match shown in its entirety with Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Bundy, Beefcake, Andre, Stud, Sheik and Volkoff, Wendy Richter, Cindy Lauper, Muhammad Ali, and more. The wrestling extravaganza seen by more than a million people in 20 countries can be yours to keep. Call your video retailer and reserve your copy now. And so we'd go around there and watch it. But I remember the next day at school, it was just, that's all anyone could talk about was, was like WrestleMania one. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> like I, I, I was super, I was, yeah, I was in primary school, but yeah, I used to love all that stuff. And like, I still like, I'm interested in it, but yeah, when I was little, I, I thought it was really cool. And I actually find, um, like one of the best, like I, what I love about Star Wars the most is, is when I was a little kid, what I liked about wrestling. And that is someone deciding to do what's right to help someone else out. Like in Star Wars, you know, Han Solo, he, he owes all this money and he, he gets the reward and stuff. And that's why he did it. And then he leaves and then he knows Luke is, is fucked. Do you know what I mean? That dude, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's, he's done for. And then he comes back. And in professional wrestling, the thing they like the crowd when when the crowd cheers, like when something happens, the crowd cheers. That, that like they call that the crowd pop. And in the wrestling industry, like wrestlers like try to measure the pop, oh. like who got the biggest pop or what got the biggest pop of the night. Oh, that, that's cool. That crowd reaction. So say um so in the eighties, you know um the Macho Man or Hulk Hogan's getting beat down. You know, yeah. there's like some 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 villains they're beating down the much the the Hulk Hogan. And, you know, Hulk Hogan sort of not really gotten along with Macho Man. You know, they've had a, a petty issue or something. And then the Macho Man's had enough and he runs out to help out Hulk Hogan. God, he's that's right. He's going to do what's right. And that's like Han Solo coming back to help out. <laughs> that's Scott. true. Mm-hmm. And like, like those moments of like, I, I, that's what I think the core of Star Wars is, is 
like helping out your friends when you need them sort of thing. And that's like Luke Skywalker at, you know, going into Jabba's palace and, uh, saving Han Solo, like at, at the Sarlacc battle, you know, the, the Ewoks popping up in Return of the Jedi. I remember that when I was a little kid when, you know, all the rebels are trapped and then there's just that. That Ewok on that horn. Yeah. And I, I like one of my cherished memories from all my life is the in cinema memory of seeing a Star Wars film for the first time. And I've got like all these quite vivid memories from like original trilogy, um, uh, special edition, prequel trilogy and the Force Awakens and stuff. And, right. and me too. One. Me too. Like I've got these, just these snapshot memories that I cherish. And I remember looking at my mom just when the Ewoks popped up, like sort of grabbing her and it's like going, yes, they're helping. Like, <laughs> I believe, like I couldn't believe there were so many Ewoks. Like yeah. when they all popped up. Oh yeah. I was like, I was like, yes. <laughs> and, um, like I, to me, that's the, like, you know, people like, people love Star Wars for, and that's why George Lucas is a genius, cause he gave, um, movie fans all these different reasons to love his film, whether it's the, the, the spaceships or the mythology or the romance or the comedy or the aliens or the costumes, all that good stuff, you know, cause people, you know, some people, they're Star Wars fans, but they're like, they're just collectors and then some are cosplayers and mm-hmm. some people like writing fan fiction. Right. And like, that's why one of the reasons I love it is because there's so many different ways for people. What makes it interesting to express their fandom through all these, you know, through their talent, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's all kinds of different genres that they can just step into. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's true. Yeah. You know, you have, you know, I, I can, I can talk. So I make a podcast and then someone can draw and they draw a thing for my podcast. That's true. Do you know what I mean? So it's just yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's like layers and layers and layers of fandom on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone loves it for different reasons. So was different reasons. But for me, my main reason is just like coming through for your friends. That That's my, like that emotional moment mm-hmm. in, in all the films. Like, Attack of the, like Attack of the Clones, which is a, you know, that sort of probably cops the most kicks to the face. Um, when, when fans are like laying into Star Wars films, but when, and, and we were just calling him out a, a little bit ago when, um, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Padme, uh, are trapped like in the Genosian, in that theater thing, in the, the arena. arena. Yeah. In the arena. Yeah. And then, Mace Windu rocks up and says the party's over or whatever he says. And all those Jedi are there. I, I was just like, yes. <laughs> I was expecting to say the party's over, motherfuckers. <laughs> and then they all get trapped in the center and you're like, well, that's it. That's all the Jedi. That's it. There's nothing else anyone yeah. can do. And then you forget. You forgot about Dre. You forgot about Yoda, dog. Mm-hmm. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> And it's on again. Yeah. Like, I, that I was just, badass. I, I love those moments. That is so, badass. I love that about Star Wars as well. And that's what I'm really excited to see what the crowd cheering moment is for this next one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, that's something I'm very, very, very I'm looking forward to. Is it going to be ignite the green? I mean, if it ignites the green, then it's, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. People are oh, going to lose their shit. It's so over. <laughs> so like actually, so for people that don't listen to Steel Wars, 
My the only thing I want to happen in Star Wars is for Luke Skywalker to turn on his green lightsaber, ignite the green, and save someone. He doesn't want. I'm done. You know, Jedi didn't work out. But then it's like push comes to shove. He's got to get back in the game, and he ignites the green, and it's people are regretting their decisions. I'm telling you, you still, it's going to happen. Chewie's going to try and eat a pork. He's gonna tell him, he's gonna, no, no, put he's him gonna down. Fucking ignite the green to fucking make. Yeah, be like, no, pork. put him down, put him down, Chewie. Yeah, I saw those. Uh, by the way, those pork toys. Have you seen those in the last day or two uh-huh. that came out? Oh, yeah, but people keep sending me because I've got pork fever. I'm all about the pork. Yeah, uh, the, no. the, the fluffy pork is that's the one thing I want on Force Friday. I don't collect like modern Hasbro style, but people kept sending me photo, like videos. Because people have found the pogs and they're making them make the noise. Yeah, and, and I'm like, no, no, no. I want to, I want to hear the pog myself in person. Like I, like when I on Force Friday, when I go into Toys R Us and get my pog and I squeeze it, I want that to be the first time I do. <laughs> so I've got like Hawes and Jason sending me all these videos of, oh, here's what a pog sounds like, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah, I saw don't, that. Don't, don't spoil my pork moment. Yeah, you want you want you want a fresh pork. <laughs> Just to go back to the wrestling thing, there's ways that you like once you work out how wrestling works, because wrestling is sort of the most basic form of storytelling. It's it's very sort of visceral, and that helps you analyze Star Wars stuff. So it's the, a hero is only as strong as the villain it faces, or he or she faces. Mm-hmm. So. So in wrestling, before, like, say, if you want to talk about, like, 80s, before um, Hulk Hogan can face King Kong Bundy, you know, King Kong Bundy has to, like, build up a reputation that he is nothing to fuck with. Do you know what I mean? So he has to, like, yeah. just destroy people and and um, break people's ribs and, and just be totally crazy. So... In, and this is where George Lucas sort of lost his way a little bit during the prequels was that you had these battle droids and in the Phantom Menace, the battle droids were sort of moderately, um, you know, scary. And then, but once they start saying Roger, Roger and all that, yeah. then it's like, Oh, are these that scary a thing anymore? Yeah. Or are they, are they a bit goofy? And then and they, they had, ca- and then they kind of dumped them down too. Yeah, they just dumber and dumber. And then in Attack of the Coins, you had the super battle droids, Mm -hmm. and they were gnarly. Do you know what I mean? They looked scary. But then in Revenge of the Sith, they're doing this sketch with R2-D2 in the oil. Yeah. Like, there's two super battle droids, and they're, like, getting lit on fire because of R2, and they're slipping over. It's just like, well, you've you've totally belittled the heel. So what threat are they anymore? Yeah, it's it's like a Three Stooges bit. Yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's these weird things that you can, through sort of like the study of professional wrestling and great professional wrestling storylines and stuff, that then like you can analyze Star Wars that way as well. So, yeah. So that's why I, I, I enjoy them both. Yeah. It makes total sense. It's great. Yeah. I was a big Iron Sheik fan, obviously, because, you know, because I'm Persian, but I got to ask. The camel clutch was. I have a tattoo that says "camel clutch" on my ass. Yeah, it's it's right above it. It's where, it's where the tramp stamp is. Right there. Yes. The camel really? Clutch. No, definitely. Oh, no. I definitely <laughs> do not. I definitely do not. But no, I, are you Persian? I did not. I did not know that. I am. I am. I am. I was born. I have, um, in the states, but 
Okay. Because I've got um, I, I'm not really sure what these have, like real connections to Persian culture. Okay. But I I have got two Persian rugs in my Ooh, house sick. that I love very much, Great. and I've got a Persian cat that is my most cherished. It's probably my most cherished Star Wars collectible because I still, think it's an easy. Still, you're practically Persian then. If you got a Persian really? rug and a Persian cat, you got to come over for some kebab and you're done. <laughs> do, do, do you know, like a Persian Wait, cat's actually good. a Persian cat's actually from Persia. Well, the Persian cats originated from yeah Iran from in from Persian. They be, they became like the symbol for uh, royalty. Like the Shah of Iran had a beautiful white Persian cat. They're fluffy. They're finicky as shit, though. Is your cat very finicky? Very like lazy. All cats. Are I will. Lazy. I I will not have you badmouth my cat. What is your cat? <laughs> what's your cat's name? Jerry. That's a very Persian name, by the way. Still, Jerry. Really? Jerry yeah, no, that's an awesome name for a cat. <laughs> no, that's a really cool name for a cat. Though. He's named. He's named. He's little Jerry Seinfeld. He, oh, he's named. Cool. He, he's named after the rooster that was named after the comedian. Oh, very cool. That's really cool. No, but I, I as well have Persian rugs in my home. And uh, that's great. Yeah, Persian rugs are a huge part of the culture. They're handmade. They're it's a really big deal. So, so if I go, like, just say most Persian Americans will they have Persian rugs? Yes, most Persian okay. Americans will have Persian rugs. Absolutely, and then most Persian Americans can tell between what a Persian rug is and and in like a knockoff, a, a knockoff. Really, cool. gotcha, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. It's gotcha. in our it's in our blood. Be- we can tell instantly <laughs> because they are just. Like Persian rugs, like once you sort of get into them and go shopping for them and stuff. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it's, it's crazy when you go shopping for them because it's, it's, it's like very nerve wracking because every store is closing down. It's crazy. Yes. yes that's true. And, and, every, and every Persian family member has a, every Persian family has a family member that sells rugs at a store or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the rugs are gorgeous. They're, they're so, yeah. I actually, I, I, I don't even know how I, I don't know what I was thinking. I, I somehow brought them over on the plane from Australia. That is that is awesome. And it went through. Yeah, I like wrapped it up. We were in corpse. No. <laughs> That's great. Good for you. I want Yeah, and I brought my Persian cat as well. I brought a lot of Persian things into this country. It's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're practically Persian. Bless your heart. I, I, I said earlier you need some Persian kebab. I didn't mean it in a sexual way still. Yeah. I was just saying like the actual food. Oh, that's so weird because I – I couldn't even work out how that would be sexual. I was thinking, well, that's tasty. So, <laughs> uh, it, says, it says more about you than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, you know what? This is a good kind of, well, this is not a good segue that, that way. A kebab is a Persian yeah, kebab is tasty. Sexual but, innuendo. Yeah, but we, we yeah. talked a little yeah. 80s, right? And yes. there's going to be a fucking Gremlins 3. Oh. <gasps> So hold on. There's not okay. going to be a Gremlins reboot. That so what? So that should win the record for waiting the longest amount of time to make a sequel. <laughs> yeah. What is it? What the last one was like 15 years, and now we're. Oh doing no! This. It was probably more like 25 years ago. Yeah. Way. Yeah. It's yeah. it's from way back in the day. So a Slash Films reported that uh, producer, writer, director Chris Columbus has got a financier, Patty Cakes, who does independent films and she finances them. They got a treatment for Gremlins three. And he actually said he's really proud of the script. And he says it's twisted and dark as anything you will ever see. Um, and we're going to have Gizmo in it. And he put, I found that it was a very easy place for me to fall back into and start writing again. So hopefully we'll see that movie very soon. And this is like, a again, they tie to these 
comeback of the 80s, right? With all these feature 80s things, which I love to death. Did it? But do we need a need fucking Gremlins yeah. 3? <laughs> Still, you're a Gremlins fan? I love anything that's like cute and fluffy. So like, you know, my cat, Ewoks, Pogs, like all that stuff I'm into. So yeah, Gizmo is like, He's my type of guy. You would love but, Boo, then. You would love Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> what went down in Gremlins 2? They, uh, Gremlins they, 2. In Gremlins 2, they take over a corporate building. Only you would fucking know that. Um, I've seen that movie in 25 years. I think years. what you happens the is, is they, they, they cloned, they cloned one of them in a scientific experiment. And so instead of Stripe, where he was evil, this one was the brain. And he was like a super... Uh, evil genius. This is why we have less on this podcast, by the way. Just to talk about <laughs> Gremlins. Fucking knows the synopsis of Gremlins too. That movie came out like 30 years ago. I'm only 38. Well, there you go. You're so, eight. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what how they're going to pick up on that and they're assuming people know what happened in Gremlins 2. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a good idea. I just don't. Still a Christmas movie. Both of them are. <sighs> oh, God. It's like, it's like doing a sequel to E.T. right now. Do you want to see a fucking sequel to E.T.? I would. I'm sure there is an audience for that. I would. You, yeah. yeah, don't play I'd with Fire. Yeah. Do not play I with Gremlins, fire. yeah. I mean, I don't put Gremlins and E.T. in the same category. E.T.'s No, but I think movie. Spielberg has made other movies like Super 8 just so he cannot make it. Super 8 sequel. was J.J., dude. Was it? Yeah. Didn't Spielberg have something to do yeah, with it? Yeah, I think he helped him. Yeah. executive so produced it or some shit. Spielberg's doing everything he can before he goes and head, goes ahead and makes the E.T. sequel. <laughs> It's going to happen. Yeah, I didn't think he would make an ET sequel because oh. that's, it's, you know, I, I think he'd be doing um, a Schindler's List sequel before he did an ET. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love Steel. That <laughs> balloon has been busted oh, wide open. That's great. Uh, that is great. <laughs> Bubble the oh, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. This sequel. summer, Hitler, Hitler we're strikes going back. back. Yeah. Oh, shit. The list is like. This summer, we're we going need to, to a happy place. Yeah. Happy place. Schindler's List, no, too. No, no. no. I didn't say Schindler's nothing about list. Hitler, you guys. <laughs> no, it's like, it's, yeah, like, it's like this summer, Schindler's back, and his list is bigger than ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, God. But, um,. Yeah, I, I, Gremlins to me, like it's not, I'm not offended as a Gremlins fan that they make more films. It's like, I don't care. I'll just not see it. E.T. is so special and, 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 and so like marvelous that like to do a sequel of that is you're just going to kill it. That's, I, I just funnily enough, actually, you guys last night, um, we watched the Matrix. And which, with all its weird, um, you know, music and style and stuff, it, it, it ages pretty well. Yeah. I have to say, it, it, it stands up. And then Jackie was like, oh, so let's, let's watch two and three now. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, and she goes, I don't think I've seen them. And I'm like, I have seen them. Yeah. And I had not watched The Matrix since. Like that was a, like last night was the first time I watched The Matrix and I had it on DVD since the second one came out because I saw Matrix, whatever it was called, Matrix Revolutions or Matrix, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the second was. Reloaded, Reloaded Revolutions. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I saw the second one and I was like, well, that sucks, but maybe the third one will make it better. Oh, and man. then I saw the third one and just went, oh my God, 
that song. You were mistaken, my friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, I I, and, I, and I couldn't go back to watch the original Matrix, a film yeah. that I'd watched over and over. And is it is like, it's so good. It, it's just it, like the, like the, the premise and, and how it was made and, and just like Keanu's bizarre acting style and like the, and, and, and then the leather fashions and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I tell you when it, when it really dates, it's when it hits the credits and it starts playing all this industrial music. It's just like, Oh, yeah, it plays like, just, it plays like front two, four, two and ministry and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just oozing nineties. Yeah, exactly. And, but yeah, it's sort of, the, the 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 two films like ruin the first one and you know I'd hate for that to happen to um yeah to that's like, that that is a sh- yeah that is a shame that is and, and we've talked about this on this podcast it's hard to go back and watch these films that you adored when you were younger kind of like Top Gun for me I mean I I love that movie and I, and I still love the movie but when you watch it now it is just the dialogue is so cheeseball <laughs> and so cheesy it just kind of is painful to watch. And it, it doesn't hold up necessarily. I mean, the, the fight scenes, I mean, the, the F-14 jet scenes, jet yeah. scenes are amazing and that's all great. But the dialogue and, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's my, my elder brother, who's like 10 years older than me, he, like, that was very influential to his hitting the nightclub style. Oh, like, we've yeah. got a, we've got a family photo and I think I'm about 14 and I've just got all these skate clothes on and he fucking looks like Maverick. He's got this leather jacket on with all these like, like airline, like, you know, patches <laughs> on it. And he's like, you know, like he literally, like I'm there, I'm a little skate rat. My brother's maybe like my middle brother is maybe 19 and he looks like he's about to spew on my mom. He's like super hungover. <laughs> and then my wispy older brother in his top gun jacket and a scarf, he literally is taking our breath away. Oh. It's just. Oh, it's that's incredible. Good. That was but, good. Um, that's smooth. That was that's very funny. smooth. But if you like these days, if you're a you know a, a sexual person mm-hmm. and you and you watch that volleyball scene, if, if by the end of that volleyball scene you don't want to blow a dude, you, you, your blood's not beating. That is <laughs> that is that is the gnarliest gay scene of all time. That is just so much tension. It, it, oh, it's we we were just in Cancun for a bachelor party. We, yeah. Me and Boo for our buddy Andrew Medina. We were on the beach in Cancun. There was a volleyball court. We almost actually pulled off a fucking yeah. a volleyball orgy on the sand. Yeah. <laughs> and they're off. playing in je- they're topless in jeans. Playing with the, the boys. boys. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. And then the jeans have frays on them. I mean, I, oh, I, I got... I got Daisy Dukes, yeah. Oh, they're... Yeah, absolutely. They got their aviators on. <laughs> but when you're young, or even... I think maybe back then sort of like gay culture like it could be right in front of your face and you wouldn't realize it because mm-hmm. you were sort of like you know sort of naive to it right and it was like yeah just a couple of dudes playing volleyball intensely yeah and then you watch it now and it's just like oh my god yeah these dudes need to fuck now <laughs> <laughs> or it's like watching he-man you know what I mean? Oh god, there's so the many more. Oh, yeah, the cartoons, oh yeah, 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 cartoons, just yeah. Innuendos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's thick. Great. It thick. is thick. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean it's thick? What are you talking yeah. about? Thick furry shorts that they're running. For. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about something else. Uh, <laughs> there's that. Let's talk a little more. Well, there's not a lot of news, like crazy news. Obviously, we're in this yeah. little slow stage of geekdom, but there's a cool thing that I 
that I saw regarding Marvel. And it's Stan Lee. Stan Lee came out and they asked him what he wants to see in the MCU and who he wants to see more of. So I thought it was an interesting question uh, mm-hmm. for the guy that is the king and the creator of everything. The one above all. The yeah. one above all of Marvel. And, and for what characters, you know, characters like Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Thor, Iron Man, these characters are now out in the MCU and they're huge. He wanted to see, you want to take a guess at this, Les, since you're the comic book expert, what character in the Marvel universe he wants to see more of? Stan Lee himself? Stan Lee himself wants to see more of a certain specific character. Hmm. And he had a quote about it. I'll yeah, give you a quote about it. Yeah. I'll give you five seconds. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Probably not a good one. Yeah, one second. Uh, no, I have nothing. Thanks for your input there. Yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs> it was great. He wants to see the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Um, he, this is what he had to say. Of course. He's the, he's the one I want to see more of. He's the most philosophical of all the characters I've ever worked on. And I have an idea for my cameo in that one. He's already got a set. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, he's already got a set. But the problem is, I don't think we're going to see a Silver Surfer fucking Not gonna happen. MCU just by himself, right? No, and then if uh, nobody knows, I think uh, Marvel canceled the Fantastic Four. Well, yeah. They yanked the book, so he's part of it. Even though Silver Surfer has his own book, I think... Oh, you mean in the comics? Yes. Okay. They yanked that comic, and I don't know how well Silver Surfer is doing, but yeah, if you're not, if they yanked it... To basically say, fuck you, Fox, you're not going to get to make any more movies off of this. Well, yeah. And, well, Josh Trank had a big part of that. And then, uh, yeah. and Silver Surfer is part of that whole universe. So, okay. We won't get to see it anytime soon. Poor Stanley. Poor all mm-hmm. of us. So, w- like, what's the deal with, I, I'm, I only know what happens in Marvel, like in the comic book universe. Like, I only know it from the movies. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. what's, what's the, like, what's the cachet? What, 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 yeah, you know, what does Stan Lee or what, what do fans love about the Silver Surfer? What's the Silver Surfer? What's exactly is he? De- what's, what's the Silver Surfer's deal? What's, okay, what's so he about? What's the deal, fuck is he about? Yeah. He's about uh, his uh, alter ego is Norrin Rad. Uh, he was on a planet, a very utopian-like planet, really scientifically, technologically advanced. Uh, Galactus shows up, wants to eat his planet. He sacrifices himself to save his planet and says, "I'll become your herald." Gets transformed into the Silver Surfer. His main job for a while, and uh, this is kind of like a wrestling thing too. He goes around finding planets, so he's a bad guy. He goes around finding planets uh, suitable for Galactus to eat, meaning that he's probably been responsible for the death of like hundreds of billions what? of people. What I had no idea about and that. And he ultimately comes to Earth, runs into the Fantastic Four. They battle him to a standstill, even though he's. Way more powerful than them, and then they can. Oh, so he's a bad guy. Yeah, he was a bad guy in a way. Then he turned into the good guy, helped them, de- helped them defeat uh, Galactus, broke free, and now he patrols the cosmos. He's fought everyone from Thanos straight up to uh, Celestials. He is one of the most, if not in the top five, most powerful comic book characters in the Marvel universe. And he, he looks can super level planets. Cool, man. Oh, he's yeah, awesome. he's a badass. Super yeah, cool. just a awesome. silver. All chromed out guy on a silver surfboard, just cruising the space, dude. Just it looks like acid phasma. Trip. It's a straight yeah. up acid trip. Like if you're reading his books, it's that's all it is, dude. And that's a uh, him and King Kirby. I think it is becoming a trend where we're getting these villains turning to good people so they can bank off and try to make a movie or put them in a movie and make them uh, likable characters. Well, it's like it's basic storytelling. You know, you get yeah. guys that start off doing 
bad things and then they have a, a you know moment of enlightenment. Kind of like Kylo Ren, maybe in episode eight. Is that really what they're? No, I don't know. I'm just oh, I'm just throwing it out there. Don't I don't do know. That. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Perhaps he had his chance till he stuck his lightsaber through his oh, father's stomach. Man, he did. Yeah, well, we're gonna talk about Star Wars in just a second. Now, and so he was in. The second Fantastic Four film? Yes. yes. Ri- he was Rise in of one the of Silver them. Surfer. Yeah. yeah, he was Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh, they, they criminally, okay. criminally portrayed him. Mm-hmm. That was... Well, yeah. Oh, Even really? that first kick at the can for Fox wasn't really good, but it was... Yeah. They they mishandled that so, so badly. Yeah. They, okay. They fucked and, that up. And did the second Fantastic Four... Was Jessica Albert in that one as well? Yes, she was. Yeah, she was in the first two. That's right. Well, how does... How are they viewed now? Because I remember watching the first I, – I, I don't really have much of a memory of the second one, but I remember the first one. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that, was, that, was, that was pretty good. Like, I, like maybe the – a lot of the end of those comic book films are sort of like they're really hard to dismount from. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah, you're battling yeah, yeah. That, that evil guy at the end, it's like, all right, now you fire a beam. Now you fire a beam. He exploded. All right, well, we did it. <laughs> and but I seem to have I, I yeah I I think I went and saw it I, and yeah I thought it was pretty good I thought it was pretty good but how how is that one seen in the whole I mean scope it, of- it it was it was huge then because the craze was big because Spider Man the X Men movie which I mean if you look at them now you're like okay they're I think I think there's a lukewarm reception on them the first one was better than the other yeah one. the first Absolutely. one was good and then the second one was okay too but it wasn't like People are not going to tell you, go see the Fantastic Four movies. They're not going to give them to you on DVD. They're not going to rush to recommend them. You know what's just, funny is Chris Evans, Captain America, was in those He was movies. the Human Torch, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he made the right decision. He got out of that. He sure did. He, he did. got out of that quickly. He yeah. sure did. He said, uh, yeah, I'll be Captain America. And I remember America. people were upset about it when he became Captain uh-huh. America. Because how is that possible? How can you guys do this? How is the the Human Torch could be Captain yeah, America? That, yeah, that cannot happen. And look at look and at Now that. it happens a lot. Yeah, everybody yeah. covers multiple characters <laughs> now. Yeah, uh, still, you into the these comic book movies? I mean, the, you said you know a lot about the MCU. That's how you get the character knowledge. But uh, is that something like if a movie comes out, like Infinity Wars is coming out, are you going to be there opening night? Or are you going to wait till it comes out on DVD? What's your take on this? I think for that one, I'll be there on opening night. Mm-hmm. I, I I went to a preview screening of Civil War, and I had a tremendously amazing amount of fun. Like I like I remember during that battle bit, like at the airport, when like I I was just like laughing. Like I was laughing because it was so great. Like I have this weird thing when stuff is just like super fantastic. Like 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 that battle, you know, just how they're all using their powers to like one up each other and stuff. That yeah. makes me laugh. Because I'm just enjoying myself so much. You're just mm-hmm. giddy, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, I was just pissing myself laughing at how good <laughs> it was and gasping. And then when um, Spider-Man like dropped that sweet Empire Strike Back <laughs> reference, I, I was just, I was peaking. It, it was so good. So <laughs> it was so good. I, I remember, yeah. I remember during that that exact moment you're talking about, not just the Spider-Man, but when everything is just going off yeah. in the airport. I looked at less. And I looked at him with a look of, I cannot yeah, believe we're, we're seeing like, this, this on screen. Crazy. This, yeah, is this is fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. Yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. So I, I really like the Avengers and like all, you know, the Captain America films and all that sort of stuff. And then like the 
Batman versus Superman, I was just like, that was just depressing. <laughs> I um, a little a little I, a little birdie told me to ask you specifically about your thoughts on Batman versus Superman. Oh, uh, it was just not fun. <laughs> it was just it was depressing film to watch, and it didn't make sense. Like why? I, you know, all this stuff. You know, I don't like look. My criticism of it is very lev- like at the top. Like, sort of not deep. That's what I'm trying to say. But, like, shit like, why did Lex Luthor get a graphic designer in to make logos for all these characters for his secret files? <laughs> That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, he did a little Wonder Woman, like, he got a graphic artist in, and, like, yeah, make some cool logos for all these secret files. And I didn't I'm even like, think about that. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I didn't even think about that. that I wouldn't bad, even yeah. know. That's true. That yeah. oh, All right. Well, well, maybe, maybe my analysis is deeper than I thought. Yeah. Um, that is. Shit. I never would have picked up on that. Because uh, each when, file name had a logo on yes, it. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it sure did. And because uh, I went, I saw it by myself because it was the first night of comedy festival. So all my comedy friends were busy. This was back in Melbourne. And I was only doing the podcast. So I only, I was like working just on Saturdays and films in Australia open Thursday night. And so I was like, I, I knew there was a lot of negative buzz about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I have to go see it first night so I can make a decision without hearing all this stuff. And so it was packed. I went and saw it and towards the end, I just started getting angry. Like looking around, it's like, is anyone else getting pissed off at how little this movie is making sense? Like that whole thing with putting the spear down in the water. And then like, what was the whole point of that? Like yeah. I thought Aquaman was going to come out and it was like, Oh, uh-huh. Aquaman's in it. And he's got a spear. Like that shit's hot. <laughs> and I, so it finished and the credits were rolling and I was sort of sitting there just like going, Oh my God, what the fuck was that? I just watched it. <laughs> I looked behind me and there was these two young dudes that maybe were like around 18 or something. One of them had a Batman t-shirt on. One of them had a Superman t-shirt on. And they were there sort of talking and like I didn't want to like ruin their night or anything. Like I didn't want to like state anything. So I just said to them, what did you guys make of that? Which in a way is not the best way to ask what yeah. you think of a mm-hmm. film. What'd you think of that piece of shit? Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, yeah. no, I didn't yeah. say that. I just he had said, a negative you- look on his face. <laughs> yeah. Do you like what that did- shit? Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say shit. I just said, what did you make of that? Right, right. And they go, they're just like, I don't know, man. I don't think it was very good. And I'm just like, God, it wasn't, was it? What about that? <laughs> <laughs> going off. <laughs> and we had, like, we talked, we sort of ended up sort of, I, I, this is, this is how much of a podcaster I am. I was like, oh, it was like we, we did like this unrecorded podcast about it straight after. And it's like, yeah, that's sealed. That's what they call a conversation, buddy. Yeah. But, um, so we, yeah, <laughs> that's right. we had this little conversation about it. But yeah, I, it just wasn't like when you compare it to Civil War, Civil War, I came out, I, I actually had a bad day that day. I'd actually, had an email from J.J. Abrams' office saying he wouldn't be able to do this podcast with me at this podcast festival. Oh. And I was sort of working on it for a while. And um, so I was just like, oh, my God. Like, so he's considering it. This is crazy. This is amazing. Yeah, that's insane. 
And um, so it was at the, like, the LA Podcast Festival. And I got the email back saying, you know, he won't be able to make it, whatever. And and something else happened that day as well, where I was just like, fuck, fuck this day. And I went to see Civil War. And I, I remember like walking to the train station, just pumped afterwards. Like I was, like I was back. It, it like it, it just had given me such an adrenaline rush, That's so, so much cool. fun that I was, it like excited me. And that, and that sort of, you know, paying $20 to go watch a comic book on a screen for two hours, that's sort of what I should do. And Batman versus Superman was just sort of depressing and uninspiring, except when Wonder Woman was on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, oh my God, she's so pretty. Oh, she's, and she's great. Like, like, she's an awesome character as well. But it was like in this dark, dank film, whenever she was on the screen, it was just like, ah. Oh, <laughs> this is enjoyable for a yeah. small moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what do you think? This is a good segue. What do you think about the Wonder Woman film? I actually haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. You're going to like you should see. You're going to like Did you like good. Did you like Captain America First Avenger, the very first Captain America? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I I but I when it came out, it was when I was moving to Australia, from Australia to America. And so I just didn't have I missed packing up like a whole apartment that, let's face it, that a hoarder lived in for ten years. Yeah, was very <laughs> difficult. Right, and so I so I haven't seen. I, I just missed like two months of nerd culture, so I haven't seen um, Wonder Woman, Guardians of the Galaxy two, and I know that's now out on iTunes, so I can watch it. Yeah, and Spider Man. I missed. I missed. Oh Batman wow! And Wonder Woman. So I've missed this big chunk. Yeah, of, and that's I, a pretty I, good I, chunk. Yeah, like I so wanted to see Wonder Woman in the cinema when it was just out because I wanted to like get that excitement because you know it's a bit of a cultural shift. It is, and and so I I, I didn't want to see it in my house, so I didn't want to see it. Like I could have seen it four weeks later, and I was like, oh, I don't want to. I don't really want to see it in the cinema, and it's empty. Oh like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, I sort of think part of the thing of paying to see a movie is the shared experience. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, like the cheers and, and, and that, like, or just turning around and going, what did you make of that? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's part of your 20 bucks or how much the, the, the you know, it costs to see a, a movie in your local area. Mm-hmm. Prices may vary, you guys. And it's about 20 bucks. So yeah, you're, yeah. you're on money. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you got to get the giant. I have to get the giant Coke when yes. I go. Yes, I, you do. Too. Yeah, I do too. Me too. <laughs> got to get popcorn. And you got to get popcorn. So you spend about $75? Yeah, yeah really. That's about right. Yeah. That's <laughs> just for yourself. Yeah. Like, I, I am not a soft drink person at all. Like, it's so rare. It has to be a special type of hangover for me yep. to get, like, a can of, like, Dr. Pepper or Coke or whatever. But in the cinema... The urge to consume a liter of post-mix Coke is so great. <laughs> yeah, what is that about? I'm the same way still. I don't well, drink soda at all. Because the beginning of the, the feature, they show a giant it, Coke But it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter. Before you even go and sit in the seat, I'm craving There's a fucking Coke, Coke Zero. It's, the ad- advertising is everywhere. It's yeah. so subliminal. I'm still, I'm 100%. That's you 100%. So you're dead on on that one, man. But yeah. You, you smell butter. Yeah, you get the, you no, get the popcorn you, It's just popping. part of the movie experience. In Australia... For the last two Star Wars premieres, we've teamed up my podcast 
has teamed up with the Australian Star Wars fan club, which is called uh, uh, Star Walking. And if you're in Australia, you should look it up. It's okay. it's like ten bucks to join for the month, year for the year, and you get like a like an e zine every month. It's really cool. And oh, they, that's cool. It, yeah, and they've been it's been running since the '80s. It's like the longest running Star Wars fan club. But they organize this deal with the cinema, so we get. We have like an 800 seat cinema, which is like the biggest one in Australia that's not IMAX. But they organize in a deal as part of the ticket, popcorn and a drink. And for some reason, maybe because they can't make that many drinks at once, the drink isn't a post-mix drink, like mm. in a cup, like, like a McDonald's cup. It's always a bottle, like a, like a plastic bottle. Ooh. And, and it, each year, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like going, I think I'm just going to go buy a cup of Coke. I can't, this bottle, it's not right. It's too fizzy. The consistency is <laughs> I need, I need ice cubes. This needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's something slightly different about it. It's, it's more, I, I think maybe the bottle Coke is more coarse or something. I don't know. Sure. But that post mix and like, uh, if people haven't worked in a McDonald's before, post mix is like, they, they get sent like a sack of syrup. Yes. And then, and then as you pour it, like as you press the button, it mixes it with soda water and it makes Coke like magic. Like, like, oh, in America, everyone would know it because, oh, this is something that maybe you guys don't know. Everywhere else in the world, you, when you go to a fast food place, you don't get to pour your own Coke. No, you don't. They pour, they pour you a Coke behind the counter and that's all the Coke you're getting, buddy. If you want another Coke, you're dropping another dollar fifty. Oh, so it's not all you can drink. Fuck that. Shit. Nah. Fuck no, that. So that's like when you nope. first come to when you first come to America, it's just like <laughs> all the you coke I can fucking yeah. take. Yeah. Oh man, I, I used to come out of like in and out just loaded. Like just loaded. And then on the way out it's like, oh I'm gonna just get a refill for the car now. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh. You gotta get a road soda, yeah. Yeah, man. I used to pound like three liters of that shit because it was free. Or you can drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> like getting high off Coke. Yeah. That's awesome. Sugar crush. That's, that's, yeah. that's amazing. But going back to Wonder Woman real quick, Patty Jenkins, who hasn't signed on yet to do the sequel um, of Wonder Woman just yet. By the way, Wonder Woman is officially the highest grossing movie of the summer. Really? Yeah. Fantastic. It is number one, which is great. And they're trying, the studio is trying to, Warner Brothers is trying to get Patty Jenkins on and she is holding tight and she wants a raise and she, oh, she deserves definitely it. deserves a raise and she wants to be paid like the big boys, yeah. which is even, even cooler. Deadline reported this, that she's going to, it looks like she's going to be making around 10 million per picture, Wow, which, which sounds great for, uh, for directing obviously. Yeah. Right. But they're saying that she, she pretty much made about a 1.5 to 3 million for the first one hmm. and 10 million is about what guys like Joss Whedon make. Mm, so she's okay. getting up there, yeah. which is great. And it's great for females and great yeah. for women. With the equal pay kind of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. And yeah. I think that the key thing you said there is per movie. Per movie. They need to sign her to like a multi, uh, multi-movie multi deal. They need to. But if she's smart, she won't do it. Yeah. Nope, she'll keep doing what she'll she did. Keep, yeah, yeah, what she's yeah doing. keep on getting paid more Keep and more. getting that renegotiation going. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And, and one day, hopefully, we can see a female... To direct uh, Star Wars, yeah, that'd be awesome. Star Wars uh, saga film, mm -hmm. which would be which would be great. Which would yeah, be awesome. man, that is going to be a shit show on Twitter. Oh yes, it sure is. Oh man, like I, I like I, you know, I can't wait. It'd be great to have that, you know, like a different angle on on the mm -hmm. characters, and um, 
you know, I, I know a lot of fans, you know, would love that that sort of female take on Ray. Do you know what I mean? I mean, people worry, people worry about um, Colin Trebrow, who's had a you know a mixed history with uh, female characters in his films. How he's going to handle you know Ray and, and, and the death of uh, Princess Leia or, or Carrie Fisher, whether mm-hmm. Princess Leia dies in the film or not. But um, I, one thing I do love about Wonder Woman is just like those photos of little girls and and guys dressing as Wonder Woman. Yeah, I, I, it's just it's it's amazing. So mm-hmm. rad. I saw so many at Comic Con, and it was just sick. I, I, I and that's why I loved Ray as well. Well, actually, I love Ray for for other reasons, mainly. <laughs> No, 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 because like me, she's a big <laughs> Luke Skywalker fan. She's a big Luke Skywalker fan. And that's what, that's what won me over when she was like freaking out. Like when Luke she was fanning Skywalker? out about Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like, like, and I, like, cause I got to see, I went to this Disney event in Sydney and they showed like eight minutes of The Force Awakens before it came out. And Harrison Ford came out afterwards and, and sort of t- said, don't tell anyone. And we we're like, all right, Han Solo, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> But it was when the, cause I, when I was going into The Force Awakens, I didn't have a big connection with the new actors or, or the new characters. I, I sort of, I was just like, I just want to see Han Solo, Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. It's going to be sick. And, and I think I was interested in Kylo Ren. But when in that eight minute preview, it was the, when Finn arrives at Nima Outpost, then meets Ray for the first time. Then uh, Tie Fighters come, Falcon chase, and then the Falcon flies out of mm-hmm. the atmosphere. That was the end of the clip. And when Ray said Luke Skywalker, I thought he was just a myth. I was just like, "Yes, you, you, you're my character. You're oh. you're a Luke Skywalker fan like me." And I just instantly, she was like. She's like my second favorite character in all of Star Wars. Oh, she's she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. She's so great, and and she nails nails the role. By the way, she's just unbelievable. And you got to interview her at Celebration, correct? She's as nice as she looks like she is. Yes, very uh, nicer. It was like unbelievably um, charismatic and, and nice. And I one of uh, one of my highlights is is making Daisy Ridley giggle. With, with stupid comments. It was just like, I've, I've rewatched that little, that, that, that 30 seconds quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, it was it's great. Like, we're, that we're, I, I generated that. Yes. Yes. You got, you, you got her dimples. You got her dimples showing. That's yeah. for sure. That's fantastic. Well, let's get into some, a little bit of Star Wars news. We'll, we'll end it off in some Star Wars and we have a Star Wars expert on. I'm going to call him an expert. And oh, we, we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to press record right now. Okay. I'm Bill, no, you should check that though, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I checked, I've checked about nine times. Right? Oh, jeez. No. <laughs> so obviously there was huge, massive news, right? This week. And I, I listened to uh, your uh, Colin show and you guys touched upon this, which was, it was very enjoyable. We're going to get a standalone. Some, and this has been polarizing on the internet. Some people are all about this Obi-Wan film. Some people are not. And I heard something today that, a Jabba standalone was was thrown out there as well. Mm-hmm. Steel, for the people that don't listen to the podcast, uh, your podcast or the other ones, what is your take on this standalone Obi-Wan film? Um, all right. So 
I part of people come at Star Wars different ways, and they have different little. Everyone, this is like why you can podcast about it, you know, every you know day for forever sure. with different people is because people have different takes. And in my mind, I don't like it when people like we're trying to jam too much story where. You know, George Lucas wrote these movies and he decided to stop and start each story at different points. And in a way, I sort of think that should be honored. And, you know, we made Rogue One, which is just before Star Wars. And then, you know, I hear some people go, oh, we should find out what happens to Baze and Chirrut before that. And it's like, well, we can't just, I, I don't think it's going to do Star Wars, the franchise, any good if we're always like going, well, let's see, three days before that and three days before that. Like, right. I, 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 I sort of think going into the future, into the unknown is like, that's more exciting and gutsy sort of thing than constantly. Let's, let's find out what that reference meant. I don't know. It's a bit like, right. Like, uh, yeah, pushing for something that, that we already kind of know about, but they, we want backstory. We constantly mm-hmm. want backstory on things. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I think constantly going back. I think, like, I, I try to weigh up, like, cause the characters are different, like in Rogue One. But I just found The Force Awakens, or maybe it's not fair because that was the first one back, but with The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. I'm so much more excited about The Last Jedi than Rogue One. Yeah. Because, you know, partly because of the characters, but also because I know, I knew how, essentially, how Rogue One was going to end. They get the Death Star plans. Do you know what I mean? And, and you know, yeah, we, we know, we know the okay. final outcome, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, and 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 I knew whatever happened to the characters, they weren't going to be around. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They were yeah. either going to have to like sail off into the sunset or die, because the film starts. The next film starts in you know twenty minutes, and then are around. So, <laughs> so I think that that jumping back and forth, like. When people compare what they're trying to do with all the standalones to Marvel, it's quite different because Marvel is, while they have all these spin-offs, the story's always pushing forward. You're always going forward in the timeline to build to something else. Whereas Star Wars is sort of cherry picking these like moments. And so when you get to the Obi-Wan Kenobi film, people, love this character and they want this is like this is the i think the the general vibe is that people want a obi-wan film after revenge of the sith because you and mcgregor is the perfect age to play it and they love you and mcgregor and they love <laughs> kenobi yes now i sort of don't think that's the best reason to make a film okay like, do you know what I mean? Maybe, yeah. maybe they've got a great story, but however, then I've got some rules. And, and this is the fun thing about being a fan of all this stuff is you watch it and you make up these dumb rules about <laughs> like what you, you know, Captain America never eats slime. Look, whatever. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I always thought one of the cool things at the end of Revenge of the Sith, one of the noble things about Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi was that the Jedi like fucked it. They didn't see what was going on. They, they handled Anakin Skywalker wrong. They didn't realize they were too arrogant to work out the threat of the Sith. And it was all under their noses. 
And so they go, all right, we fucked it. So what we're going to do is we've got this baby. So you take the baby, take it here to this shit planet and you watch it for 20 years. I'm going to go to this swamp and I'm just going to think for 20 years. And then by the time the kid's old enough, then we'll have a new plan and we'll come at it again, but we're sacrificing the rest of our lives yeah. to, to, to make up for what we did. And it's like Tatooine is shit. That's like the whole point of Star Wars. The first Star Wars is how bad Tat, like Tatooine, the planet is the ultimate shit town you're stuck in. That's right. And you know, that's why when Luke Skywalker looks out at the binary suns, and, you know, that amazing John Williams music mm-hmm. plays. That's why, like, that's one of the moments that means a lot to so many Star Wars fans because it's such a shared experience to want to go do something, but you're sort of holding yourself back or, the, like, re- there's things holding you back, but the main thing that's holding you back is yourself. Yeah. And that you're not going to make the jump. And, you know, I, I relate to that, like, you know, many times in my life. And, you know, then hopefully you, you get off your shit planet and you have some amazing adventures. You blow up a Death Star and you save the galaxy, right? So I think, like, Obi-Wan shouldn't, to me, these are my rules, how I, like, you know, how I read, you know, what happened in the movies, mm-hmm. is he doesn't have any adventures for those 20 years. That's what makes it shit, is it just like he's just... He's a hermit. Um, He's, just He's a hermit. hermit. Yeah. You know, he watches over in the comics. There's some, you know, like he scares away like Tuscan Raiders and thugs or whatever from, uh, the, the Lars homestead and stuff. But essentially there's no adventure. There's no romance. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm paying my penance. I'm eating it. Yeah. So he goes on a sabbatical <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So I sort of think that segment of the time, like his time, it, 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 it's not, he shouldn't have an adventure that's worthy of a film. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, he, shouldn't have, he shouldn't have got into anything like that is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And so like if, if it's like an Obi-Wan film, the, like really, and say they make it, right? Say they make an Obi-Wan film. It's Ewan McGregor and it's set in that timeline. I'm going to follow the, you know, the news, um, and, you know, like report on the news, study the news. And on opening night, I'm going to be there, very excited to see hopefully an awesome Star Wars film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure, like once sure. you make that decision, like, like I don't really think they should make a Han Solo film, but I'm amped for it. Yeah. Like, and you, and you, like, you want to, you want to see it do well. I mean, that's Star Wars yeah. fans, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And. So, but I think the only place that there should be an Obi-Wan film, if you're going to do one, and I don't think really you should because, let's face it, he, you know, if you want to be cheeky, you can say he's already been in six films. You know? Yeah. You know, he's he's starred in four. Like, maybe if you did, like, a young one before Phantom Menace, you know, mm-hmm. then like di- different actor, you yeah. know, different actor playing Qui-Gon. And I don't know. I, I still think we haven't seen the Jedi 
full power Jedi. Yeah, I see what you you're saying. I mean? They've like, always like, they've always been held back. Yeah, at their prime. Yeah, well, yeah, they were sort of like dwindling mm-hmm. in. You know, maybe we sort of got a bit in Attack of the Clones, but I don't know. But like, just to see an adventure with, you know, like full force Jedi, not dwindling Jedi or anything like that, that'd be pretty sick. But yeah, so I, I'm I'm not that amped about it. If they do it, like I'm, you know, I, I hope it's awesome, and of course I'm going to support it. Um, as, as much as I would any other, like, like Star Wars film and be excited sure. about it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Like that was the thing with the Han Solo one that I'm, I'm really worried about is, is just so, and I think, you know, that's the switch to Ron Howard, like helps get rid of that, but just the, the sort of winky references, like knowing that you're a film that you're referencing things that are going to happen later. Like in Attack of the Clones, when Obi-Wan sort of says, you'll be the death of me someday, it's like, oh, yeah. you can't, you can't find McGregor with that line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. But you, you kind of, you kind of winced when he said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that sort of like knowing, and, and, and that's why I always thought it was weird that, that those, you know, Phil Ward and Chris Miller did it because they're two biggest films. You know, the 21 Jump Street and Lego movie, they're mm. films that know their films. Like, the, some, a lot of the jokes are acknowledging that we're making a film about this thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of breaks the fourth wall, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, like, I don't want to know about the Kessel Run. Or, Just, the, li- or the life debt, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it, like, part of the problem when you do these prequels, and this is what happened with the Star Wars prequels, is that you give fans, you know, well, with this Han Solo one, you give fans 40 years, you know, a combined 40 years to think up their own backstory about the Kessel Run. Do you know what I mean? We had, we, I think maybe when, like, the Clone Wars came out, what was that? That was, you know, maybe fans had 25 years to think about what the Clone Wars were. Yeah. And and our imaginations are better than the film, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. We we make our own storyline in our heads, and then we want to we want to keep that storyline. Yeah, so you've got like say 20 million Star Wars fans with, and they've all got their own imagination of what the Kessel Run is, and what is actually in the film is got to like either match that imagination or be different but as satisfying or more satisfying than what people had imagined. And that's really hard. That is almost impossible. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. The only thing that I would have wanted to see, and I think they fucked it up during Rebels, if they were going to do a Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan, I would have loved to see Darth Maul and Obi-Wan go at it again if they're going to be on Tatooine. Play, play what you did on Rebels. Play it out live. Yeah. If you're going to do that. Over two hours. And so, yeah. yeah. I mean, can you imagine being in a theater, not knowing Darth Maul was going to be in this movie, and then all of a sudden, he shows up, mm-hmm. and it's a, like the last battle with him. And I mean, if they would have played that the right way, I think that would have been a huge moment. Yeah. That's never going to happen, though, because you can't reintroduce a villain that got killed in one of the highest grossing films of all time. And the majority of the movie going fan base thinks he's dead. Yeah. Like, Even, like, yeah. I, like I, I hate 
Like I enjoyed some of the moments of Darth Maul coming back, but I hate that he came back. Yeah, no, I didn't like it either. I didn't like it either. Uh, yeah, you mean you mean in Clone Wars? The sp- yeah, yeah, Spider Maul. Like, yeah, he just he got chopped in half. Like, make if you want a Darth Maul character, like make the amazingly named Savage Opress. Oh yeah. Um, make him come back to avenge his brother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you can just switch that out. But it's like. You know, and this is one of the frustrating things about George Lucas. He's just sort of on a whim. It's like, you killed him, dude. Like, we were bummed that you killed this amazing villain. Mm-hmm. You chopped him in half. And that, what, what that creates is like, you know, as I say, I'm not like a, like I'm not a comic book reader, but I know that when characters die in comic books, no one gives a shit because they're going to come back. Oh, yeah. They and get when, better all the time. Yeah. And so when, you create a a shared universe of, of the Star Wars universe where a character can get chopped in half and fall down a pit and then he comes back. Well, then anyone can, like, it doesn't matter when people die because it's like, well, they can just come back. Darth Maul came back. Yeah, yeah. It, it weakens the character, weakens the, the value of the villain. Yeah, and that's like when, once you put that beak on the Sarlacc pit, you're done, Boba Fett. You're done, son. Mm-hmm. That's, like that's, what I, that's what I think. Do you know what I mean? Cause that's like, I, I don't, you know, really follow that, that comic book way of storytelling. Like, like at the end of Superman, or Superman, Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. like how, like he died, but then it, like it doesn't even, the movie doesn't even finish and you know he's alive. Who cares then? Like, who cares? Like, what's the, um, like, what's the weight? Of, yeah, what, of, what's what's the point of teasing us? Yeah, there's no, there's no finality to it. No, you know? he's like, oh, you know, he's not actually dead. And we all know he's not going to die. Or yeah. just don't cut him in half. That's the yeah. thing about Maul. You cut yeah. him in half. He split apart into two pieces. It's one thing if Obi Wan like slashes him and then force blows him off this freaking thing and drops. And he goes him. down the hole. Then yeah. you can be like, okay, if he shows up, you're like, yeah, maybe he survived. Kind of like Mace Windu right now? Yeah, exactly. But if you split a dude uh, in uh, half uh. in his two pieces, the two parts of his body just drift and apart. And you see him you... just tumble down yeah. the thing, yeah. Yeah, so Mace Windu, right? Mace Windu, you know, the whole Snoke thing, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> oh, like, that's awful, yeah. Like like how the, the blackest guy in Star Wars ends up being the whitest guy in Star Wars. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I don't want to get into that, but it's... Like, so, so, so if that dude lives, well, how do you kill anyone then? So who cares if anyone died? So if you take away that tension, that death, if death doesn't matter, then who cares? Yeah, then Han Solo comes back in episode eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he didn't die. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Still, if you don't want to see the Han Solo, then what is the main character that you would like to see a standalone film from? Man, I've been talking about this all week and... I, I just want to get out of this time. I, mm-hmm. I, I think I, the most satisfying, gutsy thing that Star Wars could do or Lucasfilm could do is go to another, like go way in the past where mm-hmm. and build another franchise. Okay. Like, like all in the Star Wars now? universe. Yeah. Like, and, and I don't really, um, I can't remember reading the old Dark Horse comics, like the Freedom Nad Uprising and the Hyperspace War, or the Tales of the Jedi. Okay. And, and that was sort of like a, that sort of more medieval style Jedi sort of thing when they were just sort of getting things going. But 
like from from then would be really cool. I, I had this one idea that you know there's been, I, and I don't know how on point these rumors are. That Jabba the Hut rumor, like I just don't know if that's just that cannot be true. Well, you know, I I saw something else on Twitter talking about it, and they were saying that this would be kind of cool if it's a gangster movie, yeah, sort well, of feel where okay. it, you know Jabba well, is is like a mob boss. And it goes from but there. But we better get new, like still saying, we better get new characters that yeah. he's going after. Not, yeah, no, not I know. Yeah, yeah, he's going after Han Solo. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, he'll, he'll be just, you know, you know, like a, you know, the leader of a, of a crime. Well, not a crime family, but a, a crime or, or, a, or organized crime, um, organization thingy, which would be kind of cool to it'd see. Be like Godfather of Java and the Huts. Or, yeah. It, it'd be kind of a different take for Star Wars, kind of to see the bad guy. Like the underworld time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. The yeah, well my my apart from Star Wars, I think my favorite film of all time is or films are Godfather One and Two. Yeah. So, you know, if you did that sort of that mafia style um you know, where the Don is is jabber and there's, you know, like betrayal and, and backstabbing and politicking and all that stuff in Star Wars. So I had this one idea that if you did a trilogy of films that were set in between each so in between star wars and empire empire jedi and then after jedi and it was what was happening in the underworld at those same times and then you know the after jedi film you know jab is dead and there's a lot of you know like maneuvering who can grab his power and stuff yeah people but, fighting but, for the position yeah yeah but you could have like a like a you know like what was happening in you know the underworld during that time and you could you know you could introduce like a lot of new characters you could have you know bounty hunters cameo you know people cameo from it that you know that we know from the other films so sure. that that would be that would be awesome oh, that would be, be so cool you know what was interesting? Reading Lost Stars, uh, which actually I didn't read the fucking book. I actually heard it on Audible. But <laughs> listening to Lost Stars, I, what I loved about Lost Stars is they had the actual trilogy story in the background while they're focusing on brand new characters. Mm -hmm. And you would hear, yeah, there was a attack here. And yeah. they're like, oh, my God, that's Hoth. Mm -hmm. They just attacked Hoth. But they don't really get into it. They just yeah. talk. They just like refer to it. That would be kind of cool. Well, you know it, I mean? It's like having the Netflix series, like Daredevil. They know what right. is happening in the MCU. They know right. the that event. there's Iron Man and there's the event and all of that, but they have their own story. Right. They're on the street or they're having their own thing going on while they know that there are bigger things happening elsewhere. Right. Yeah. Speaking of that real quick, and we know that the Defenders are out, people, and mm -hmm. we are going to watch. We've watched one episode. We're going to watch a lot more before we start talking about the Defenders. Uh, Les has already watched three, but I'm on one. So relax. Well, next week we'll definitely talk about the Defenders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, like Lost Stars was, that is an amazingly good book. It is. I, 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 I love it. But I think like that is better in a book than a movie because you don't want to get into like a Back to the Future 2 scenario where you're sort of just, like seeing the same stuff from a different camera angle. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like in Back to the Future 2 when Marty's like back at the the prom dance or whatever. Oh, yeah, was. right, right. You know, like it's 
it was awesome for Back to the Future 2. But, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the old and the new EU, whatever you want to call the, the new EU, whatever it's called now. I don't, what's the name for it? For the current EU? Has it got a name? I don't know. Legends, I believe. No, no, no Legends. No, Legends is, Legends is what they cut out. Yeah, Legends is the old EU. Yeah. The new. No, I think they're just saying canon constantly. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you don't want to get to like, Here's what was just happening around this corner at this same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I, I find in a book that's interesting, but I think the average moviegoer would find that really unfulfilling. Like, cause I, I just, like, I just know like a few, like, like people that watch The Force Awakens and, you know, they just like at the end, it's like, well, it's like the end of, Star Wars. And it's like, yeah, kind of is actually. Like, you know, like when, <laughs> yeah. they, like when they go into the, I remember when they went into the trench, just like going, oh, why? Don't. Like, <laughs> and like, don't do that, please. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why, why are you they, doing they, that? But, they, they didn't need to. No. Nah, so, right, right. yeah, I, I think that sort of, like, if you had a movie where it was just like, you know, if they made Lost Stars into a movie, I think, I think, uh, like, the general film-going public might be a bit cynical about it. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And, and, and you need, like, like, like they, like, they pay for Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Like, we yeah. keep the lights on, like, 24-7. Yeah, they're the ones, they're the ones that pay for it. But they're paying for the vacation. Yeah, that is, that is true. That is absolutely true. Well, there, well, there you have it. Dude. We talked yeah. about fucking some Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, uh, I love this. I, I heard also that you are into 90s punk bands, Mr. Still Saunders. Y- yes. I, my favorite band of all time is a band called The Descendants. Oh, I know is... The Descendants. Absolutely. They're fantastic. Yeah. Are you a, so, are you a bad religion fan at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, they were very, I discovered all those bands as I, watch skateboard videos from the late eighties and then, um, through the nineties. That, that was sort of how a lot of skateboarders found out about, you know, like hip hop and, and, oh, punk yeah. rock and metal. Um, so I discovered from, you know, bad religion and, and Pennywise and, um, <laughs> like even like the offspring before the offspring. Was oh yeah. Famous. Before they were the offspring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, before Green Day was famous, mm-hmm. they were in skateboard videos yeah, like Nolfax, Kerplunk's Kerplunk album. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, and then, but then you had like, um, like Wu Tang and Beastie Boys, and like even Iron, like Iron Maiden was big before I saw him in a skateboard video. But that's how I found out about Iron Maiden sure. and stuff like that because you know it was like, well, this is the 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 inverted commas sport I like, and then you know the the sort of like. I think at times, whether you like the music or not, you're just like, well, this is the skateboard music, so we're going to like it. Yeah, either way. Exactly. No, I was, I was really big into that. Maybe a little bit before. So I was, I was riding a Vision Gator back in the day. Do you remember, do you remember the Vision Gators? I, um, I'm very familiar with the Vision Gator. (laughs) Okay. And then I was a big, uh, Bones Brigade guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Same. Yeah, I used to go to a place and it was at the Anaheim Convention Center actually where D23 is and Celebration was. They had a Bones Brigade would perform every year and I would go to it as a kid. So it would be and they would have Christian Hosoye, they would have Tony Hawk, they had Lance Mountain, they had Steve Caballero. 
So I would go as a kid and watch these guys do aerials and competitions and do the freestyle. It was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> coolest thing ever. Nice. Well, I, a lot of my T-shirts that I do for Steel Wars mm-hmm. are references to – there's like the, the Luke Skywalker, the Have You Seen Him? That's like the Animal Chin T-shirt. Yep, yep. And um, the, like the old Bones Ripper, you know, coming through the sure, sure. the paper. Yeah, I've got like an Ewok one of those. Yeah, I know. I love those. I love those. So that's so cool that, that uh, you're into that stuff. That was my childhood. And listening to Bad Religion and like you said, Pennywise, no effects. Oh, man, those were the days. Those were the days. And, and back back then, I always tell kids this today. Back then, our, my, our boards were... Uh, the boards that are out now, I think they're reverting back to the old school, but the boards that are out now were called freestyle boards back in the day. And and they, they would do just freestyle tricks on them. And the big-ass boards with the side rails, those are the ones that I remember and I love to death. I remember I had a Gonzo. That was one of my favorite ones, a Gonzalez. I don't know if it was Mark Gonzalez or whatever. Yeah, Mark Gonzalez. Mark Gonzalez. Mark Gonzalez. Yeah. That was my favorite board of all time. And when I still go to like this, like bars in, in downtown LA and they have skateboards all over the place, when I see the Mark Gonzalez, I just get goosebumps, man. <laughs> I fucking, I fucking love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that's very cool, man. I didn't know. It. Yeah. You were well, so into it. Yeah. I, I, I've actually got a photo of me. I, this contest that I won in, when was it? Probably late nineties. And I'm doing like a nose grind down a handrail in the contest. And I've got this T-shirt, which I, I wish I still had. It's like um, it was a green Star Wars T-shirt, and on the front it was Luke Skywalker on the speeder bike going sideways across the T-shirt, and it had like all the trees. It was sort of like a big square print, okay. and then on the back was the same, but it was a biker scout. Oh, that's but I just awesome. love. I've got this photo, and it's like. Yeah. Like everything else of me is like total like '90s skateboarder, like um, you know, like the shoes and the jeans, and I've got like a shaved, like a buzz, like you know, just like a a number one buzz cut, which was <laughs> yeah, popular. But then I've just got this like rad Star Wars T-shirt on. Oh, that's I, so cool! I was just that's like, so fucking cool. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was still a nerd as I was still going down the handrail. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's great. Are you ready to play the uh, flash round? I was born ready. There you go, my man. Was that a uh, Top Gun reference? <laughs> no, I think that was um, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Great movie. Great pros- prosthetics at the end, by the way. <laughs> if it was, I, think I, I, I heard um, they um, they molded that off a young Johnny Grasso. Oh wow! Oh, no, wow! Don't, don't give well, him Johnny. All that. Yeah, don't give him credit. Johnny's don't give him very all happy that. about that. <laughs> They, they 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 took a cast of his Rogue One. Oh, <laughs> they took a plaster caster. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Kiss song, by the way. All right, so I'm going to just say the different choices, and you're going to pick as quick as possible what comes in your head, top of your head. First just like thing. if I would have said Boogie Nights, prosthetic dick, you would have just said Johnny Grasso. <laughs> oh yeah. It's time for the flash round. This is where we try to figure out what's in that big old noggin of yours. You ready? Good luck. Gin, Ray, or Amidala? Oh, Ray. Favorite beer? Oh, that's tough. They are all good. I'll go Stella. There you go. It's always safe. It is. It's always safe. Stella is always a good one. Beatles or the Stones? Stones. Ooh, good for oh. you. Batman or Iron Man? 
Iron Man. Aussie rules or just regular rugby? Fuck sport. <laughs> just fuck all of it. I, I actually, I'll, I'll go Aussie rules. When I watch normal rugby, I feel like I'm getting a concussion. It gives me a headache. Okay. Oh. They, they bang into each other. It's just like, oh, brutal. Aussie rules is brutal, man. That, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's some tough dudes, tough man. Shit, but yeah, I, I have to, pre- I, I say Fox Sport as a joke, but like what I, I'm, I'm a fan of anything that makes people happy that doesn't hurt other people. Like that's cool as hell. So yeah, yeah. Cool. But I, it's just an ongoing, like on my other podcast. Yeah. It's just, Fox Sport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Luke or Han? Oh, Luke. The Rock or Stone Cold? Oh. Quickly, quickly. <laughs> that quickly. was Les's pick, by That me. was mine. That was mine. Quickly. I had to throw it at you. Top of your head. Which one do you want? So, so, because these days I'm more of a Stone Cold fan. His podcast is really good. Favorite old school skater? How, what's old school? Uh, anywhere from 80s to <clears throat> late 90s. Mike Carroll. Oh, Mike Carroll. Godfather 1 or 2? Two. Good choice. Mm. Good choice. Okay, good. Looking at a Godfather 2 poster right now. A favorite comedian? Of all time, Jerry Seinfeld, unquestionably. Nice. Did, like, 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 in, like, defined a genre of comedy. Okay. And defined a genre of television. And mm-hmm. have you seen him ever, have you ever seen him in stand-up live? Like, have you ever twice. seen? Yeah, twice. I've twice. seen him, like, post- just after Seinfeld finished, he did a world tour that mm-hmm. is on the, like the CD I'm telling you for the last time. Yeah, I remember that tour. Yeah. Yeah. And then about a year and a half ago, I saw him at Pantages in Hollywood and man, he came out just like, I was sort of like, sort of going for nostalgia and cause you know, he's a billionaire. He doesn't right. have to do shit. And he doesn't have to do shit. Then a comedy is hard, like to stay on, on point. Yeah. Like, but, but he, you can coast. Once you're famous, you've got old material and famous points. Do you know what I mean? So you can, yeah. you can carry that. He just came out blistering, just, just like burn, burn, burn. <laughs> Hour 20 minutes, just destroyed. He's so, so great. And, and if you ever want to like find out sort of how comedy works and how a stand up like comes up with stuff and, and the life of a stand up, get the documentary comedian. It, it changed my life. Oh. It's it's about Seinfeld. He did the I'm telling you for the last time tour, mm-hmm. and he tried to make that literal. He was like, I'm never telling those jokes anymore, but I'm going to get back into stand-up. So it's him trying to develop a new hour of material, like from just, you know, having a, a few notes, a few ideas on paper and going, you know, just trying to work them out. Like in and bombing in front of crowds, right. and then at the same time, there's this other comedian, Orny Adams, that wants to be the next Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and it sort of follows his journey, and it's it's amazing. The, Very the cool. film, I, I saw it before I did stand up, and it sort of showed me the like I I sort of thought stand up was something that you were born knowing how to do. So if you didn't know how to do it, you you, you can't fucked. do it. Yeah, yeah. Like midi chlorians or something like that. <laughs> and this sort of show, I was like, oh, well, Seinfeld, I found out how he struggles. So it's hard work. So you can just, you can learn it. So that, that's what sort of got me into stand up. So I've like back home, I've, I've got to like get a new frame for it here. Cause I brought it with me. I've got like a giant poster of that, that movie and it's Seinfeld walking in an alley holding a mic. 
I always look at the poster when it when it was mounted back home in Australia, and I was I, I always think like like this poster ru- like this film ruined my life, like it made my life and it ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a question for you as a stand up comedian, and I know it's one of the hardest things you could possibly do. Now, when you become, you said when when you become a certain level, like a Seinfeld, a Chris Rock, uh, Kevin Hart, do you find it that people will laugh either way? Meaning, if you're at that level, if whatever that spouts out of your mouth, you're going to get laughs. No, but but you'll get you've got fame points, so you definitely you're going to get the the attention early. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and yeah. it's up to you to fuck it up. Sort okay. of thing. Gotcha. But, but, and, and also because, you know, people are excited to see you. They're going to take, you know, they're, they're going to take notice, but they also kind of know you're established with them. So they, they already know Chris Rock's point of view. Okay. That makes Do you know sense. What I mean? So that makes so total you, sense. Yeah. So, cause when you come out on stage, you sort of have to, you know, introduce yourself and establish you and what your point of view is, like what your, like, whether it's yourself or contrived, but your character. And so you need to establish that, like, where you're coming from and that you're funny. And if you're famous, you don't need to do that. You can just go straight into it. Right, right. That's, yeah. yeah. And, and you can all, and if, and if you, like, if you fuck up, you can also always fall back on your celebrity. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. My other podcast, like I love Green Guide letters, where yeah. like the concept is we, we review complaint letters to the TV Guide in Australia. Simply, yeah, um, but when I go out, like when I do live shows at that, you know, like the crowd knows me, or they've listened to, you know, dozens or hundreds of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I can, like before we bring out the guests, I can just go up there with not much of a plan and just fuck around, talk to the audience, and it works out really well because, like. They're very giving because they know me and like they know my point of view. So it's so much like when I go up for one of those shows, like when I'm about to go on stage, I've got like not a care in the world. So I'm like, oh, these are my, you know, these people like me. Yeah. These are my peeps. They know me. They, yeah. They, yeah. But, but when you're going cold up to an audience that, you know, before you're like super famous, that you have to win them over. Do you know what I mean? So oh, that's absolutely. The- yeah. That can't, that's insane. I can't even imagine. Can't even mention. All right. So, okay. We're, we digress, but hey, that was yeah, great. Good. Love that. We're still, we still got some questions real quick. You ready? You ready to get back in the mode? All right. I'm back. Okay. Good. This is a really, really important one for me. Mm-hmm. Huge. Okay. Steel. Beyonce yeah. or Rihanna? Beyonce. God bless you, Steel Saunders. <laughs> Steel, Steel, listen, Steel has fucking Persian rugs. Mm-hmm. He's got a Persian fucking cat. He's got Godfather 2 as his favorite movie, and he fucking likes Beyonce. <laughs> if, if I was getting married again, you'd be my best man. Uh, I, I thought I was going to be the bride. <laughs> well, that too. You can do that as well. Double right. duty. Yeah. Double duty. Double duty. All right. Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? Um, De Niro. Okay. Empire or Jedi? Jedi. And the last question that I begin some shit for, for, for some people, from some people, specifically with Johnny Grasso, Johnny Grasso, Haas, I'm going to even throw in Mike Pappas. Oh, that's hard. Like, I, I, no disrespect to the other two, but like Haas is just, <laughs> he, he's, he's just like one of, 
I, I, I he's think a he's saint. one of the best. We I think should call him Saint the- Hawes. Yes. Yeah, I, they, they, I love them all. I love them all. But Hawes is, I think he's one of the best Star Wars podcasters going. And, and they're, they're, they're all good. They're great. So, I love them but, all too. Yeah. And I, oh, he's just got a very, um, a very honest and open heart. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, like, I feel bad about myself because how nice Hawes is. Yeah. But, and, and the other two are assholes. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm dicks like those two. So, yeah, I think, exactly. No, I know. I, I totally 100% understand. And it's a running joke. Yeah. And see, this is the thing. This is the thing. This is what separates them. If someone didn't pick Hawes, he wouldn't contact you to complain. Yeah. Gotcha. We love you, Johnny Grasso. We love you, man. You're the man. Or as Steele says, Jonathan Grasso. Uh huh. (laughs) All right, man. So thank you so much. This was amazing. Sorry it went so long, but we had a blast. Yeah. I have some sort of sick pride on like when people like ask me on a podcast and they're like, Oh yeah. I go like they go, Oh yeah. Normally it's like half an hour. I know that you said that. Yeah. But like sometimes people say, Oh, like half hour, 40 minutes. I'm like, Nah, it'll, it'll be in about an hour and 20, you guys. Like, I just, <laughs> oh, I enjoyed, yeah. yeah. We're, we're going on, fun. we're going on, we're going on 120 minutes, 120, two hours yeah. already. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it all and it's partly my fault. So. No, 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 <laughs> no, it's no, great. please, please. It was, it was our pleasure to have you. And, and people, so where can people find you? Where can people see you? Um, you have so many outlets. Uh, let everybody know right now where they can find you and see you and, and all that great stuff. Um, I guess the easiest thing is on social media, it's Steel Wars across the board. If it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and it's S-T-E-E-L-E, there's a little E in there after the L. Um, the, the podcast, there's sort of two main podcasts. There's an interview podcast that comes out around about every Tuesday or Wednesday every week, and we sort of do in-depth interviews with Star Wars fans of interest or whatever we try to find interesting stories and then we go live pretty much friday nights but it juggles around a little bit we do like a live call-in show where it's like talkback radio for star wars nerds we talk about the issues of the week and you guys can uh, call or skype in and if you are listening to this this week i we just did a live show at Nerd Melt with Kyle Newman that directed Fanboys. Oh, yeah. And yeah. That, that's been getting crazy good response. He's like an amazing Star Wars mind. And and, and we'll make you rethink um, some stuff about Return of the Jedi and, and tell some great stories about his uh, conversations with George Lucas. And then this Tuesday, we've got a really cool episode uh, the big Star Wars news of last week was the EW, Last Jedi Articles by Anthony Bresnikan. Mm-hmm. And I caught up with Anthony and we went up, went through like all the articles, all the quotes and, and sort of got some good backstory behind all the interviews and stuff. So that'll be up this Tuesday. And it was, it was really fun. I love Anthony so oh, much. God, we yeah. get along really well. Yeah, he's he's, and, a, he's a wonderful um, journalist. So, he's great. Yeah, he, he he's really good, and he's a he's a. Um, I don't think we could have asked for a better person to like have that sort of access and that sort of voice. He he uses it so well, so uh, I really appreciate that. So yeah, um, if you yeah like talking about Star Wars or hearing people talk about Star Wars, check it out. I work really hard at it, and um, hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I cannot wait for that one. That's going to be amazing. And if you get a chance to see his live shows 
at specific locations, please go. I haven't gone yet. I've been Every time you have one of these things now, I'm somewhere, either in Cancun or I was in Big Bear last weekend. But uh, we definitely want to come by and see you. Oh, yeah. I, we can't wait for that. So Oh, wow. What a, that was a, quite an exotic humble brag of yours. Or, uh, yeah, so yeah I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, I, I would have come to the comic shop, but I was in Cancun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Only so yeah. much can be done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I was at a bachelor party. October, we'll be doing another live show at Nerd Melt. We do these live shows in LA. Or if you're in Australia, we're doing a live show in Melbourne on the 16th of September. Perfect. Sithless will be there. Mm-hmm. Sithless will be there. So, by the way, people, if you are listening to this going, where the fuck is the Game of Thrones? We haven't watched the episode yet. We're watching it right after we get out of this this recording, but we're going to do a special episode right after this episode just on Game of Thrones. So don't freak out. Don't worry about it. Um, Looking like you're getting two for the price of one. You are getting two for the price of one, everybody. See what you did, Steel? You made us class it up. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Just to raise our game. (laughs) Tremendously. Well, I'm glad. I I would not have been able to help out much with the Game of Thrones uh, conversation. Maybe Jackie could. You could have got Jackie on. She watches every episode. But Oh, great. yeah, I am, uh, I'm, I'm too, uh, head deep in Star Wars. Check that out. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Uh, we're just happy that you're here. Oh, oh no, I don't, I don't think I could. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't, I, I no. don't think that shows for me because I, I see bits of what Jackie watches and the last little bit I saw and then I, I was like, Oh man, it was like a sister blowing her brother. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. think this. No, what, what, uh, Jason Ward told me, Jason told me that you don't watch the show, but then you ended up watching a scene and you're like, what is this Scooby-Doo bullshit? <laughs> and I could totally understand well, how somebody would think that just randomly watching an episode. So you got to give it a shot from the beginning. Yeah, you just got you to fight it out. Nah. I, I, That's right. I think yeah. it's you stick gore. to your guns, man. I, I, I think I, yeah, Mike, I, I love the Ewoks, man. Come on. I think I'm a bit soft. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This was a fantastic time. We're so happy that we had Steel Saunders on. Hopefully, you'll come on soon again, and we can chat it up again. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll catch oh, whenever you. you want. Whenever you oh, want. That'd be great. That'd be amazing. We will catch you on episode number 55. Holy shit. 55 already. Mm-hmm. Fucking duck. All right, guys. We'll catch you on number 55 on the Sith list. Y'all know me. Still the same OG, but I've been low-key. Hated on by most these niggas with no cheese. No deals and no G's. No wheels and no keys. No boats, no snowmobiles and no skis. Mad at me because I can finally afford to provide my family with groceries. Got a crib with a studio and a saw full of tracks. To add to the wall full of plaques. Hanging up in the office and back of my house like trophies. Did y'all think I'ma let my toe freeze? Hold please. You better bow down on both knees. Who you think taught you to smoke trees? Who you think brought you to ODs? Easy E's, Ice Cubes, and DOCs. The Snoop Deal Double G's. And the group that said, motherfuck the police. Gave you a tape full of dope beats to bump when you stroll through in your hood. And when your album sales wasn't doing too good, who's the doctor they told you to go see? Y'all better listen up closely. All you niggas that said that I turned pop or the fur flop. Y'all are the reason that Dre ain't been getting no sleep. So fuck y'all, all of y'all. If y'all don't like me, blow me. Y'all are gonna keep fucking around with me. And turn me back to the old me Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say But nothing comes out when they move their lips Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about trade Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say But nothing comes out when they move their lips Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about trade So what do you say to somebody you hate? What? Or anyone trying to bring trouble your way? One of his off things in the blood of your way? Just study your tape of N.W.A. One day I was walking by with a walkman on When I caught a guy, give me an awkward eye You look and strangled him off in the parking lot But it's dark or not I don't give a fuck if it's dark or not
Dre stood next to a burnt down house With a can full of gas and a handful of matches And still weren't found out right here. So from here on out, it's the chronic tune Starting today and tomorrow's anew And I'm still welcome enough to chunk you to death with a Charleston chew Slim Shady, hotter than a set of twin babies And a Mercedes Benz with the windows up When the tip goes up to the mid-80s Calling men ladies, sorry doc but I've been crazy There's no way that you can save me It's okay, go with him Haley Everybody wanna talk like they got something to say But nothing comes out when they move their lips Just a bunch of gibberish And motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say But nothing comes out when they move their lips Just a bunch of gibberish And motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre If it was up to me, you motherfuckers would stop coming up to me With your hands out, looking up to me Like you want something free When my last CD was out, you wasn't bumping me But now that I got slow company Everybody wanna come to me like it was some disease But you won't get a crumb from me Cause I'm from the streets of... Told them all, all them little gangsters, who you think helped mold them all? Now you wanna run around talking about guns like I ain't got none. What you think I sold them all? Cause I stay well off. Now all I get is hate mail all day saying Dre fell off. What? Cause I've been in the lab with a pin in the pad trying to get this damn label off. I ain't having that. This is the millennium of aftermath. It ain't gonna be nothing after that. So give me one more platinum plaque and fuck rap. You can have it back. So where's all the mad rappers at? It's like a jungle in this habitat. But all you savage cats know that I was strapped with gats when you were cuddling a cabbage patch. Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say. But nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre. Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say. But nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre. Nowadays everybody wanna talk like they got something to say. But nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish and motherfuckers act like they forgot about